everybody, and welcome to episode 531 of Video Game Apocalypse. I'm your host, Michael Rapars, coming to you from the Jason McCoffern Memorial Studio of the Airwaves. If you want it to be the U Memorial Studio of the Airwaves, go to patreon.com slash laser time and join us at the $20 level. Who's joining me now? Shia LaBeouf and Fire Ants, Chris Antista. And <laughs> we named the dog Indiana, Matthew Allen. And special guest. Hey, it's Tony Wilson of Framework. It's been a while. Thanks for having it, me. It back. has been a while. I did not realize, like, we had him on like a month or two ago, right? Like, no, it's, it's been, been like seven months. Like, ah. To geez. be fair, to be fair, the last time I was on, to I did fair. say, like, hey, I'm starting a new job and I don't know when I can be this back. This is on. true. So, like, this is a convenient you know, excuse. No, no, one's at, no one's at fault here, but it is your fault. Yeah. And I'm back. You were out of the so, country. my fault, and I'm a bad person. <laughs> they, typically, when people tell us that, they don't come back. So. Practice. Oh, we're all talking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Yeah. All right, hold on. One at a time. Yeah. <laughs> one joke Please, at a time. Yeah. There's enough of me to go around. Chris, then Matt. <laughs> no, I don't. Mine wasn't important. I was I was just saying, typically, when people tell us that, they never return to the podcast. They say, I have to be gone for a few months with this, this job. Is true. And then, this is true. And then we kill them, it, it, is what you don't know, listeners. It, we actually put them out of their misery. Yes, we, we say, we don't want it you It does back. sound like, like I, I, guys, I just, I just want to be friends with the podcast. Yeah, <laughs> <a little> bit, <laughs> yeah. That is, yeah. That is yeah. what it sounds like. No, I, I love being here. You guys oh, know that. So you. thanks for, for having Never me back on Never happened to me. Thanks Never for happened coming. to me. And yes, once again, Framework, where can people find it on YouTube, etc.? Easiest, yeah. Easiest place is YouTube.com slash Framework Video. Uh, got a lot of cool stuff already up got a lot of cool stuff in the works and you just one of which is very related to something yes, we'll be talking about here you just did a thing about a thing let's just say indiana jones related to a movie i just saw and didn't enjoy and oh <laughs> you didn't you didn't enjoy it you know not like I, I walked away thinking it was perfectly fine that's you know but that's that's the thing i spoil talk we were talking on 30 2010 we i had to watch the lone ranger and it's like it's no miracle to make a formulaic, decent four hundred dollar, four hundred million dollar movie. It doesn't Lone make it any more enjoyable and less pointless. <laughs> so, so Lone Ranger didn't recalibrate your expectations and capability to enjoy things. No, th- that's the thing. Lone Ranger isn't a bad movie. It's just an empty, soulless movie. Mm. And, and, Remember when and Chris just, saw that and he walked around trying to make Hi Ho Silver a thing again for weeks at a time? We were like, "Dude, it's not happening." I man. would it's love not. to lean into that joke, but you know, someone ten years ago in Disney's marketing department were whipping stuff up like that. Like, yeah, oh, t-shirts. I'm sure there were Hi Ho Silver yeah. t-shirts. Absolutely. Let's, let's, wow. I'm just curious how many uh, how many white guys with poor intentions went as Johnny Depp's character for <laughs> all of them. That Every year. last one of them. And that's the only no, reason that movie Nobody exists. saw that movie. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> and then, but then I got to be, this week on 302010, we got to watch the first Pirates, and I was enthralled in mm-hmm. ways that I wasn't 20 years ago when it came out. That's and it's all that's made by all the same people. But here's the thing with Indiana Jones is like, even just a, yeah, that was fine, is a major redemption arc from Crystal Skull, which yeah. was absolute no, garbo. And I, everyone I, I don't know that movie's that terrible either it's just don't do this do do (laughs) not because i've seen the internet try this shit do not fucking pull a star wars prequels with me crystal skull is trash if anyone Mm -hmm. tries to like look back on it fondly no just shut the fuck up you're you're gen z and and you've died on the way back to his home vietnam if the reasons you hated crystal skull aren't cg and shia labeouf you will hate this movie for the same reasons. It was the fr- the actual the fridge nuclear scene is what did it. That, there's actually, nothing wrong one with of the that better scene. scenes. There's nothing that, wrong yeah. with that scene. No, it's everything else. It's it's much swinging from the bad CG vines. Yes, that was really bad. <laughs> yeah. Yes. yeah, I I don't know. I love a good just like hut hot ho in the background of yeah. somebody doing an action scene. Just 
Ocarina of Time style grunts from an actor. I mean, I'm curious to see just because he felt too old for that role back then. And I mean, talk about franchise pacing. What? That was 20 years ago almost or 16. How, when was Crystal Skull? 15, 16 uh, 15 years ago. Years ago. Wow. Right. 2008. So, like, he 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 was kind of too old for that role back then, and so now he did it again. I'm like, I, I'm curious. It's a morbid curiosity, which apparently not enough people had because for what that movie cost to make, it did not do yeah. well nope. at the box office. There was no way it was going to make that money, but like, it was an absurd amount of money. It's, that it's they like spent a quarter of a billion dollars. Yeah. And for and uh, for the record, Harrison Ford is older now playing the character than I believe his name was George Hall, the actor who played old Indiana Jones in the Young Indiana Jones Chronicles. <laughs> wow, with the eye patch. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, uh, yeah. He's got like two years on him or something. Like, here's here's he, my. He's tease, older though. than the guy who made the bad choice with the uh, you know with the cup in in three. If right? Shia, he's older than than that. He drank from the cup that the two girls were using. Oh, Terrible <laughs> choice. <laughs> Sad music should have been a cue. <laughs> you might say he chose poorly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if you hate Shia LaBeouf and Crystal Skull, you'll love what they do with his character in the new movie. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a good joke, yeah. and, and, and that's not spoiling anything. It's mm. <laughs> I have haven't seen it. I've heard reactions that either tend to be this was a perfectly serviceable movie. I don't know what the critics are on about. To this was overlong, too expensive, and drab. It's uh, overlong, and there's no reason to hire a man that old to mm. be this thing anymore. Yeah, this, they, they also the critics they debuted it at con, and you're like, dude, that is not a con movie. Like, no. what what are you doing? No. Like, why would you? I know. I always it? think that too. But then I, you have to remember if you've ever seen that picture of Jerry Seinfeld in a bee costume. That's that con too. I'm a bee. <laughs> I'm a bee. <laughs> What's the deal with moving? What's the deal with the palm door? <laughs> All right. Well, if you can't tell, we we are celebrating the the release of the fifth Indiana Jones movie with a look at what else Indiana Jones games. None of them are very good. I'll say that off the bat. Well, it's, one of them. One of them is well, very good. Okay. Maybe All a right. couple. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That might be what to, what Tony's talking about on framework, but. It, it is, there it are is. at least two that I say are genuinely good games. It it always just felt like a huge miss. It's like a fr- it seems like a franchise custom made to be in video game form. Yeah. In fact, we've had some very good Indiana Jones games that just didn't happen to star Indiana Jones. Tomb Raider for one, I excellent know. Indiana Jones. Uncharted, uh, Uncharted, one of the best yeah. series I think, of all time. Yeah, you're, you're you're highlighting it right there. All those games are like Indiana Jones and take place in the modern day. Yeah, I, I was. You know, can I tell you? I, I, I don't think, know. I, I think ever I, have... what, the one thing I wanted to go back and check. I'm like, am I positive okay. they didn't release an Indiana Jones arcade game? And they did not. They did. Oh, they yeah. absolutely no, they did. did. Well, hold they on. did. It was. We it was have good. one of them on our list. But it's I played like, it. That that would have been the era where indie would have fit in great because most of it was jumping rocks. Nobody was firing a ton of guns. He would have really excelled then, but Lucas, it, yeah. Lucas, Lucas Arts didn't really exist when the first movie came out, and shunned the idea of making games uh, of those properties. They wanted to focus on original properties. They shunned Star Wars at first. No, no, they shunned everything. Indiana Jones was the first one. They're like, all right, we'll make something with Indiana Jones. It broke through way before Star Wars, but it was George Lucas's decree: like, make original stuff. We'll That's license true. out the big mm-hmm. stuff. Looking into this, like, so LucasArts did make a Last Crusade adventure game. They also made a Last Crusade action game 
to go along with it. And that is not counting the ones that were made for, like, NES. Ooh. I think there was maybe one for Genesis. Not not fantastic. No, I was going to say, just, you know, with, with modern games that are essentially Indiana Jones, I don't know that I'll ever have a better time for this particular anecdote, which was I was playing the original Uncharted, and my mom literally walked by the screen as, as a cutscene was going, and she goes, oh, that guy looks like Harrison Ford. And I was like... You have no idea the layers of the statement you just said. Yeah. <laughs> Mom, he looks like Nathan Fillion. Who should be playing Indiana Jones now? No, no, it should be the much, <laughs> much smaller Tom Holland, boy like Tom Holland. Oh, yeah, no, that's great. <laughs> I'm Spider-Man and Nathan Drake. <laughs> oh, Mom's there was an excellent Indiana boy. Jones arcade game, that Chris, that I know you must have loved. Because no. it was featured in Disneyland, All right. and, well, and apparently it just made its Don't say what park. it is. It's on our list. Oh, okay, I won't say it then. Let's I will save that for later. Number five. Welcome. Soon, will rule the world. Why do I feel like the sickest beat is about to drop? <laughs> right? <after> that clip? <laughs> when that edible hits, right? I mean, that is <laughs> just like whoa. So this is, uh, yeah, I think the first Indiana Jones game. No, not not the first. One of the first. The first in arcades. Is this the 85 Atari arcade game? Yes. This is yeah, Temple of yeah, Doom. Yeah. If That's you, the one I saw. If you can't tell yeah, from the lovely, lovely sounds. Oh. Oh. <laughs> no, no. Oh. <laughs> It's, just, it's full of weird gibberish. I love that. Oh, no time for it, love, Doctor Jones. <laughs> yeah, wow. and so so this game, it's it's you know pretty good for Atari standards, but like as was the style at the time, it's one of those games where it's just like you loop the same three levels over and over again. It's actually like one level and two mini games that mm-hmm. just loop over and over again. So the first level, you are running around in the mines. You are whipping open cages to free children. And then once all the children are free, you hop on a minecart. You have a cool minecart level. And it culminates with this. We walk from here. <laughs> and he gets out, yells, we walk from here. Was and then. Yeah, oh, it sounds like him. It, like that the, might be real audio. Yeah, like, it's the only game that. Where Indy sounds like Harrison Ford. I mean, for 1985 standards, that's really good. That's like a really good yeah, sample. Yeah, like, yeah, that is fair. Yeah, yeah. Fair. And then you have to negotiate a a room where like the floor keeps opening and closing, and you grab the Sankara stone, and then uh, you go through the door, and then it loops. And I think it loops three times, however many Sankara stones there are. And then once you've yeah. done all the loops, then uh, you have a confrontation on the bridge with Mola Ram and uh, chop the bridge and send him to hell, and then you start over again. But mm-hmm. Molaram, Molaram, I forget Molaram, Molaram. Yeah, yeah. He he will show up periodically. One of one of them's temporary, and one is a, it's written to memory, Michael. That's how joke. I tell him apart. And he would have loved that joke. Memory. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he he shows up occasionally, and um, this these sounds are just silly. Welcome. No, yeah. E. No, yeah. No, yeah. So he throws fireballs. The no, Indy says no when he throws the fireball, and when you whip the fireball, he says yeah. So you just get the no, yeah, no, yeah. I'm Australian. I'm Australian. Indiana Jones. I was no, say. yeah. 
Was Lucas fighting with John Williams? The music is fucking terrible. It really is. And everything well, you said I, applies to the Star Wars arcade games, and it looks a hell of a lot like the Return of the Jedi arcade game. But that still used the music. What the fuck? Where's the music? Well, you got to license it. You got to pay, and maybe Atari didn't want to pay for that. Um, yeah. Paid for all the rest. Well, I, they, I they couldn't afford John up, Williams. Like, this is William Johns. <laughs> did, you, did you guys have the same thing? Like when I was a kid, like my my mother loved the first Indiana Jones movie. She let me watch it, face melting and everything. Mm-hmm. No questions asked. But for some reason, I think it was the the heart ritual and she like equated that with Satanism. And I'm like, it's not Satanism. It's a yeah. different religion. But she, Te- like, she was really the, anti-Temple of Doom. Temple of Doom happened at the height of Satanic panic, I realized today. Yeah. So it's like, you know, you can... You can fairly criticize it for being racist. You got the worst idea of an Indian from like out of a 1930s adventure serial. Uh, the whole the whole thing plays on like, look how adventurous and savage the non-whites are. That's like the theme mm-hmm. of the whole film. Yeah, but I still love it because they eat monkey brains and tear out hearts and have slaves. It, it is <laughs> the most problematic Indiana Jones. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, the the heart tearing out scene. I remember <laughs> the friend I had uh, when I was six. It was on like HBO. I ran out of his trailer screaming at the heart moment, and wow. I was already pretty fragile, Matt. And I think I told you that story. I couldn't. The next movie that came on on HBO after that was Last Dragon, and I ran out screaming too when Shonuff's <laughs> head is getting slammed into. The, like it, it's too much. <laughs> it was too much for me. You you didn't have the power of the glow, apparently. No, not yeah. then. Yeah, I, I remember, hmm. I, I think I... The irony, I think, is this is actually the first Indiana Jones movie that I did watch. <laughs> I think because oh, I knew it sure, was sure a like prequel it. going in. It was like a forbidden... It was it was like a for, it, was, it was like the movie you'd go over to your buddy's house to watch, right? Yeah. It's like, okay, my mom actually, won't let me see Friday the 13th, but I'm going to watch it at my actually, buddy's Actually, if, if I may, and I wanted to bring up this memory just because it's one of those things that's super important to me. With all the stuff we talk about and how you end up discovering things and how you invite them into your lives to watch them over and over again. Home video was still kind of expensive in the early 80s. If you remember, McDonald's had a campaign where like, you order a McDonald's meal and for $3.99, you could get the Indiana Jones movies. like like The year before, the year after, they had like the first Back to the Future. That's how a ton of people my age ended up creating a video library. Or you were like me and had a neighbor who, maybe your copy of Return of the Jedi, you might have seen someone stand up in the theater and and yeah. to leave the picture <laughs> like that. I had a few of those in our in our home library. It's like okay, I, I didn't have I didn't have HBO, so like inexpensive McDonald's VHSs was sort of how where my non Disney clamshell video library came from. And yeah, I, yeah. I there's a ton of holes in my backyard because every time I'd watch an indie movie, I would go dig a hole and hum the theme song. And that's why the theme song is so important <laughs> to me. Star Wars inspired no such business with me, but, but Indiana Jones did. Question for you guys. Did this movie, because th- this movie is custom tailored to be a video game. Like, there's yeah. so much in there oh, that, yeah. like, did this inspire all minecart levels in video games? Or that was, is my was, theory. Did those come first? Okay. Because I, I wasn't sure it, which it had minecart levels and that that scene in the movie was hugely influential. Oh, yeah. And, and you know, I, I could be entirely wrong about this and like, oh, no, there have been minecart scenes in movies since the 50s. But Didn't I, you see King Solomon's mine? Uh, yeah, something like, yeah, the gold of the Sierra Madre or some shit might have had one. But we, mm-hmm. you know. 
Diana would know. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't know. But Diana. Would know. I mean, but, but once again, though, they, they stole so much from uh, Carl Barks' Ducktales comics. You never know. Mm, this is true. There this too. is true. But it, it's it's funny because you know, going back to the Kali Ma scene, I remember when I saw that as saw the movie as a kid. Like I covered my eyes because I was probably mm-hmm. like six or seven years old, mm-hmm. and uh, a lot. And I watched it on YouTube just before we recorded the show, and like. This is, like, the grossest part of it for me. Like, you know, I can watch it now and, like, oh, yeah, that's that's nothing. He's sticking his hand into rubber or whatever. I can um, watch that while eating spaghetti. But doesn't the, it the part where the, the hole in the chest knits back together, it's like, oh, God, that looks so gross. Because it doesn't look like his chest is knitting back together. It looks like a hairy lump of goo yeah. is, like, rolling around in there. And, like, yeah, it looks like a, it looks like a, like, God's fixing a vaginal mistake somehow. <laughs> like, it's pretty yeah. gross. Yeah. Uh, and, and I did. I did want to say this. I got my uh, for Christmas. My dad got me. It was one of those movies that my dad and I could enjoy together. It wasn't much for Star Wars and stuff, but like mm-hmm. Doug Indiana Jones. He sure. got me the 4K box set and the minecart thing. I love pointing this out. I'm sure people know it. I didn't. I'm like seeing it on a screen in 4K. I'm like, hey, what the fuck? And I went to check it. Like any shot that is far away and shows all the characters in the mine is stop motion. And it's oh. usually in the dark. And I was like, that looks like stuff. I've never, I haven't, I've watched this movie 200 times and I've never noticed that until the 4K version. And I went and looked it up and you can find the, the stop motion models in a, in a museum. Uh, they, where <laughs> That's they where they belong. <laughs> that is where they belong. Yeah, um, yeah I, I, I love shit like that. You know, like Roger Rabbit just said it's 35th, and 45th anniversary and you can... You can see every once in a while they had to like animate Eddie Valiant in uh, mm, a couple frames, mm-hmm. and Indiana Jones: Temple of Doom has that with uh, the minecart sequence. It's neat. You yeah. can like that. That you no one, no one. I mean me noticed for dozens of years. Fun. You know, you bring up the fact that like this is a total dad movie, or all of these were to- Indiana Jones movie a total like go see them with your dad. And I didn't know as a kid, I didn't know like what it inspired those movies. And then like later when I heard like Star Wars is the same, it's like well they. It was basically, you know, George Lucas grew up watching, like, TV serials of these, like, adventure TV shows and stuff like that, or, or listening to radio shows that had, like, cliffhanger endings and stuff like that. And it's like, you really see how, like, now I can recognize, like, oh, my God, yeah, like, those movies are just him, like, you know, remaking those old yes. serials he grew up with. Like, that, if I that's can all be a broken are. record, a bunch of this was on Sick of Star Wars. Lucas, in particular, grew up loving movie serials like Commander Cody and Flash mm-hmm. Gordon. Yep. They were like, they played in front of movies like cartoons. They're 10 minutes, they have a beginning, middle, and an end, and they usually lead into the next episode. It is my theory, with their riches, Steven Spielberg and George Lucas, maybe not together, maybe together, found a way to watch those all in one sitting and like, this is a great structure for a movie. Indiana Jones in particular, more so than Star Wars, every... 10 every seven to ten minutes is a, is a full scene like a three-act movie in and of itself it's it's a gag yeah well it, like it's like uh well like in, if you think the first indiana jones like the the scene of like the airplane fight right that yeah. would have been like a serial episode right like, yeah it's, yeah or, or be falling into a snake pit like mm-hmm, seriously mm-hmm. movies before that were like you get three crescendo moments you get a lot more in an indiana jones movie it, 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 mm-hmm. it, in a way People who didn't understand that, it ruined movies. Look at Armageddon. Yeah. I'm like, this has to stop. Stop But to doing get this back to this minutes. game, in a lot of ways, it kind of explains the structure mm-hmm. of this arcade game, Michael. The fact that it was this, like, one level and then two mini games. that's very much that serial formula, right? It's like, yeah, we have three scenes. 
This yeah. is the game. It's three scenes. Exactly. That's it, you know. And they just repeat. I, I, would, I would go further to say that was very much Atari's Lucas arcade. The, tr- the Tron yeah. game also did the same thing. Right? We, well, Atari, not every game did that, but like all the Star Wars games did that. There is no yeah. more than three pieces of content in those games. They gradually get a little harder, but yeah. that's it. In mm-hmm. fact, the Star Wars games are two scenarios that you just play over and over again. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It almost wasn't worth stealing that thing from Walmart for 50 bucks. <laughs> it makes I question, cool Michael, you did this whole list. and like, mm-hmm. Was this the only platformer Indiana Jones game? No. There, no. There, 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 are, okay. there are others. And, and yeah, thank you for setting this up because uh, I, I just want to make clear, uh, unlike many other lists, I'm not trying to go for objective quality because we would have a bunch of very similar games front loaded i want to go for a little bit of variety so this is the you know classic 80s so you got the text adventure in here right no No, not not that much variety there's no sounds (laughs) to glean from a text adventure but there's lots of fun sounds to glean from this and i actually like had some of the most fun that i had doing research was playing temple of doom like this is a very simple straightforward game but it is really enjoyable, I thought. It's it's I think it's the three hundred and sixty degree whip. It's not going mm. for like a Castlevania ripoff thing. Yeah. It it turns his whip into something that moves like a twin stick shooter. Right, yeah, and it's it's not quite overhead, it's not quite side scrolling, it sort of feels like both at the same time. Uh a little little bit like Gauntlet, maybe. Both mm-hmm. in the way it plays and the way it sounds. But yeah, speaking of platformers, Matt, uh, we can move along to... Number four! There it is! Lots of whipping, some uh, Super Nintendo sound palette. Uh, mm. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, is this one of the Last Crusade games? No. Is, do you know no? what what this is off the top of your head, Tony? It's the uh, Greatest Adventures, yes. isn't it? Greatest Adventures. Adventures. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, Indiana Jones' Greatest Adventures. Honestly, those whip sounds sound like he's drowning. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> uh, and... and some of this he is. Uh, so this was the first attempt to kind of make an Indiana Jones trilogy game in 1995 in sort of the waning days of the Super Nintendo, the full play it loud era when uh, Nintendo was like pulling out all the stops and it's like we're going to compete with PlayStation and Saturn. We have to maintain our relevance for just a little bit longer until N64 comes along. Greatest Adventures is, is a pretty solid side-scroller. It recreates famous scenes from the first three movies. For example, I bet you can guess what this is just by hearing it. Let's go. A boulder? Yes! Being followed by a giant Mode 7 boulder. And it uses a lot of Mode (laughs) 7. The side-scrolling stuff feels... Like, sort of somewhere between Super Castlevania 4 and Super Star Wars. This was created by Factor 5, who would go on to make the Rogue Squadron games. Uh, that is fucking weird. Yeah. and who had, Those are good. Who had made Turrican, <laughs> and I think this is pretty good. I think, I think it's a bit hard to play on a modern emulator. It starts and stutters a bit, but uh, I, I consistently see this one at the top of a lot of 
best Indiana Jones games list. So either people are delusional or uh, it's really good. (laughs) (laughs) That's the one. Uh I mean, it also just, you know, encompasses everything, which is why it makes that list. You Mm -hmm. know, like it doesn't just hone in on one. That's right. I mean, I I remember I ranked it pretty high on a list I made not too long ago. And honestly, just for that reason, you know, like, hey, if you want all the adventures, here you go. It's in the name. It's the greatest hits, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you can. I do like that you can whip ghosts in it. Out of boy, and yeah. never tried that in the movie. <laughs> I want to say you can. I'm not sure. I didn't you get can. that. That far I'm looking at it right now. Huh? Okay. Yeah. Oh, he that's... indeed can. He ghost rides the whip, as yeah. they say. I, I do have a little bit of a problem with its Belloc boss fight at the end of the the Raiders of the Last Ark thing because, like, he's hopping around the open arc and appears to be commanding the ghosts to, to float after you slowly. And it's like, no, Belloc should never be in command of anything that comes out of the Ark. He fucked with God's stuff. He needs to pay. That's why he dies. He, no, he doesn't... There's nothing he can possess that he cannot take mm-hmm. away. <laughs> such a dick. <laughs> such, a, such a maroon. Mm-hmm. And yeah, watching that now, it's just like, really an evil archaeologist who's always stealing other people's finds? I mean, it's. I mean, like, to be I, fair, I, that is real. <laughs> like that has happened I, I, I in many areas know. of study. <laughs> I didn't know until this week that Indiana Jones was based on a real guy. Yeah, and he he's kind of is less, let's say, murderous, but mm. like willing to get lost in the middle of nowhere, and and had com- people competing for such finds. Mm. Oh, but okay. weirdly enough, the real guy's name Nathan Drake. No, <laughs> <laughs> it is way, sort I, of a common bad guy trope, though, to have like the well-funded uh rival archaeologist who's like yeah he has all the well even even fucking the movie twister had yeah, this right it's like yeah man i want to bring that formula of jurassic park now to be fair the ark of the covenant is literally the finger of god so there you go like there is some common ground between this and twister and spielberg's involved yeah, so th- this is pretty neat. It also leveraged Mode 7 a lot in later levels. Like, uh, you got the sled from Temple of Doom, and the, the minecarts are all in 3D. There's also a biplane fighting dogfight sequence in Last Crusade that you get to play in, in 3D Mode 7. That's pretty cool. I have one major gripe with this game, and it's that you would think the pistol would be a more effective weapon than the whip. It's the opposite. Most guys take like two hits with the whip to kill. And uh, here's a sound of somebody getting bodied by the pistol. (laughs) It takes roughly that many shots to bring down a swordsman or Nazi. It is useless. I didn't know Indy was leading no-knock raids. Jeez. <laughs> and, yeah, imagine the clip on that Luger. Mm. Just, <laughs> yeah. It's a ton of shots. The, the only exception is the sword guy who in Raiders of the Lost Ark gets shot in, you know, he, he does a bunch of flashy sword moves, he gets shot right. immediately. Yeah. yeah, here he's a boss, but he's a joke boss. He just kind of stands there tossing his sword uh, from hand to hand and doesn't do anything, so you just shoot him once and he, he dies. And that's there you it. go. Yeah. He's a joke boss in the movie. Yeah. Funnily enough, you mentioned the whip being a more powerful weapon. I'm trying to remember. I don't think, at least he hasn't done it effectively, Indiana Jones doesn't use the whip against human beings in those movies. It's mostly Not to really. like swing from thing to thing. Like yeah. He's, Grab he's, somebody's oh, arm or force people back. Right. It's, it's a utility not this, whip. 
but of yeah. course, like video games, it's like, well, it's a whip. It's going to be an awesome weapon. Let's let's go for that. But it's like that's not really what he does with that thing. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. But I mean, we all, I'm sure, hurt ourselves as kids trying to use a jump rope or oh, some other you know readily oh, handleable yeah. cord device as a whip. Throw me and- the idol. I'll throw you the whip. Now streaming on HBO Max. <laughs> <laughs> I absolutely tried to. I mean, this is not quite the same, but uh, my parents did blame it on Indiana Jones. I uh, tried to loop a belt around a telephone wire and ride it like a zip line. Oh, damn. Wow. Which took That's... out the internet to, like, the block. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and the only... I got in trouble, and I still fucking resent it and bring it up to my parents. Watching Nina Jones, I'd usually, like, go dig in the backyard. Usually, like, make a time capsule, put yeah. some money in it, dig it up a little while later. Mm-hmm. And Try to dig to mo- China. My mom had this... Fr- we, we, My parents intentionally moved in the back of a, a Comcast antenna, so, like... We just have this backyard that will always be backyard. My mom's friend figured out she could ride her horse through there. And every once in a while, we'd look in our backyard and there'd be a woman on a horse. I was digging Indiana Jones holes and I didn't know she was coming. She never oh, announced no. herself. It was the 80s. Oh, no. And she she rides in the yard. Like, imagine in, in the, your fucking suburban yard. Yeah, how dare you? You tried to hurt me and precious Pegasus. She was convinced I, I was laying laying traps for her and her horse and my my mom wouldn't believe no like here look at the look at the vcr i just watched indiana jones uh and then i was whipped uh until i threw her the eye oh no yeah no that's not what my mom is this a coen brothers movie like this sounds like the opening incident i was so scared this was going to end up with a horse getting shot for breaking its leg in your backyard no because well we do have the audio of that cut me a switch and then throw me the idol I mean, I'm we do have the audio, I think, Michael, if you want to run that clip back again of the horse being shot. Oh, right, yeah. Here we go. <laughs> Stop moving! <laughs> Precious Pegasus, no! <laughs> Better make sure make sure it's dead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> How did my mom's friend have a horse? It was... And why was it in her backyard? No, well, it was it, it was across the street, but like even now, thinking of the place where she had her horse, that like that's a pen you keep goats in, not a full fucking horse. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's also Florida. Everyone knows you ride alligators in Florida. Also, why, why exactly. is her first assumption that you're trying to hurt my horse? Like, what do you? Why yeah. do you think this has anything to do? Why don't with you, you get off your high horse, lady? Yeah. And yeah, fuck. Yeah. why don't you call before you show up with your fucking horse? <laughs> you get off your high horse, or my Indiana Jones holes are gonna knock you off of it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but this this game, uh, done by Factor 5, which also did the N64 version of the Infernal Machine, which I want to mm. bring up briefly because it was not a well-regarded Tomb Raider-like in its day. And uh, But I one thing I noticed playing both the PC version, which was, I think, just by LucasArts, and the N64 version by Factor 5 is how much more intuitive and enjoyable and nice the N64 version is because the PC version, I don't know if you've played it, Tony. No. Um, it introduces instant death pitfalls immediately. Like one of the first things <laughs> you have to do is uh, in the, in this little valley where you, in the N64 version, you walk forward, you climb up a ledge, you climb up another ledge. There's a ladder. You climb that up PC version. Yeah. First thing you have to do is jump over a murder hole and if you miss time the jump, you die immediately and have to watch that opening cutscene again and start over. Awesome. And it's just kind of a pain in the ass. 
Yeah, um, it does make me think of the original. Me, so. mm-hmm. It's the original Indiana Jones clone. Now that you mention it, is Pitfall Harry right? Like he's dressed yeah, like Indiana right. Jones. Yeah, hundred percent. Swings on vines. That game though. Exactly. That game though does have Indy like fighting God at the end, which is oh, kind, wow. of, kind of rad. <laughs> yeah, he's like because it's like it's pieces of a machine that is supposed to contain like. An ancient, oh, what is yeah. it? What's the, like, Mesopotamian deity? It's, it's like, a, old school, like, one of the first, like, you know, lowercase gods or it's, whatever, right? It's very, a mechanism yeah. from the Tower of Babel, I think. Yeah, something yeah, like something that. like that. And once all the parts are combined, yeah, you actually, like, it's a thing where it's like, oh, this is, a. Uh, it was built to keep it in, and now this god has been summoned, and that is your final boss fight, is, nice. okay, now it, fight this, now fight, yeah, this, this deity of Ur, or whatever it's from, you know? Yeah. Is Pretty this hardcore, Indiana yeah. Jones or every Shin Megami Tensei game? I don't well, know. It's very. If I, if I may, this is why I roll my well, eyes. Star Trek like, Five. Yeah. I'm now picturing skull criticism like Indiana Jones with aliens. Like there's otherworldly elements in this all the time, mm-hmm. all the time. Yeah. What yeah, are you yeah. talking They've about? They've been here since 100%. the beginning. Yeah. Michael, I'm, yeah. by the way, I'm now about? picturing in the scene where he shoots the guy with the swords. I'm picturing him instead turning the gun around like the Evoker. And just summoning right. persona. <laughs> persona. <laughs> love it. Love it. And now you have to fight my dick demon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh Sala. yeah, he, he Sala, would have summon Maru my dick or demon. He would have Mara as his as his persona. This well, this this uh, probably the most noteworthy thing about that game though was this wasn't this was the uh, blockbuster exclusive, right? Like yeah, the infernal machine from, was yeah 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Wait, what? Oh, Infernal Machine for sixty four. Yeah, you could. Yeah, you could only rent it from Blockbuster or buy it from LucasArts directly. It wasn't available. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was yeah. weird. God, that was a dumb. Like system. Final Fight guy, they did the same thing. And why was yeah. that the exclusives that Blockbuster bought up? Every time I read about yeah. one of their exclusives, like what were you Boondock Saints and Infernal yeah. Machine? Yeah. What it's you, like clay, clay, a weird clay, clay fighter sixty three <laughs> yeah. and a third. That's oh, that, like the special edition of that with the Santa Claus. Right. Yes. 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 Like, why did why did Blockbuster go away? And I'm always like, because they didn't do what Netflix did. And they didn't advance their medium, except when they did, and they also didn't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Stuff like Infer. But who wouldn't have gambled on an exclusive Indiana Jones game? Come on. Exactly. Well, I wouldn't have because they were even at the time known as hit or miss, like mm-hmm. with more yeah. in the miss column than the hit column. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Well, but they, but they made they even even those misses they make perfect rentals, you know. Mm-hmm. Like uh, you always kind of want to. I'm of the belief those Super Star Wars games are not good, but I did like to play them. Yeah, they were. But I'm they glad were I didn't the buy time. them. They're well, like we said earlier party too. Gaming, you know. Well, they're also it's it's a dad thing, right? If you're in a blockbuster with dad, mm-hmm. he's gonna let you rent that Indiana Jones game, right? Yep. So. Mm-hmm. And there's and your weekend. Which brings me back to the Lone Ranger again. Uh, my belief that <laughs> most licensed NES games early on were based on what your parents would find interesting yep. and not sure. you. Hmm. Therefore, you get three Stooges games and Lone Ranger squares. Yeah, here you go, son. Hunt for Red October. <laughs> Hunt for Red October. Here you go. Gunsmoke. It's not based on the TV show, but it might as well be. Yeah, exactly. We'll Here's Spy vs. Spy. Good luck figuring out how this game actually works. I love that game. Whatever. It's a weird game. It is. It is. But uh, we should move on as long as we're talking about uh, the 3D era of Indiana Jones. Number three. As you are undoubtedly aware, Emperor Chin is buried under Mount Li near the city of Xi'an. Yes, that's about all anybody really knows for sure. According to the legends, Chin's tomb is an immense underground city filled with unimaginable riches, which took thousands of workers several years to build. After its completion, all those involved with the construction of the tomb were sealed inside. 
At least that's what the stories say. Man, I think we're kind yeah, of that's good, Harrison. Good Harrison. Yeah, Ford. It's, it's one of the better ones. Uh, giving away it, that, the title there. I was getting yes. Michael Ironside vibes, if I'm being honest. Oh, okay. <laughs> now this is Emperor's Tomb, right? Yeah. This yes, is, uh... it is. Yeah, Emperor's Tomb, the the oh, direct right. sequel, in fact, to what we just talked about. What Greatest Adventures? Uh, Infernal, uh, no, Machine. Infernal Machine. Ray, oh, Infernal Machine. Ray. Are they direct sequels? I don't know. No, actually, yeah. no. This is a, a prequel. So Infernal Machine is well. Set uh, in the sorry, 50s. It, it followed. Yeah. I should, sorry, it's um, developed like in real world in our world. <laughs> it, yeah. it, it was the game that directly yeah. followed. It is a prequel in the timeline. It is a sequel in terms of like it was the direct game follow up. Yeah. To uh, Infernal Machine. Yeah. It it actually leads into Temple of Doom. So it, it is supposedly the, the earliest Indiana Jones story, but it was developed by The Collective, which also did the uh, an, an excellent Buffy the Vampire Slayer game for Xbox right. that uh, is easy to forget about now. And yeah. like Buffy, like both of these games had really good, robust fight systems that like they let you do a lot. Like, oh, you got a brawler in the middle of my platforming action game. And now I can just like lock on to dudes and wail on them with different attacks, use different weapons. I can take out a pistol and pistol whip people or shoot them at point blank range. Uh, I can use the whip. But I that... can use my V trigger. Mm-hmm. <laughs> v trigger. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, but the brawling, that's very Indiana Jones. Like there is a lot of fist oh, yeah. fighting in those yeah, movies. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Punches more than he whips. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and mm-hmm. yeah, here's a bunch of it. Americana, Tudidin. <laughs> Yeah, so Precious Princess, no. <laughs> uh, so this is a globe trotting adventure that goes to China and uh, Germany. I, I want to say, but yeah. you you will Indiana Jones in Germany. Uh-huh. <laughs> You'll end up fighting both Nazis and dark agents within the Chinese government who are trying to Maoists. Yeah, I don't know. Fi- if find they were at that era. Find the power hidden in the the Qin Emperor's tomb site and. Uh, awaken yeah. the dragon and take over the world, probably. But yeah, there's a lot of demons, a lot of weird shit right off the bat that Indy just sort of takes in stride. It's like, oh, this ancient temple complex in Sri Lanka uh, has a bunch of bat statues that track my every movement and will uh, shoot poison darts at me if they hear me make a sound. It's like, you don't think that's weird at all. <laughs> But significantly, though, it is one of the only games, I'm pretty sure, like, the only one where you actually spend time, like, in Eastern Asia. Like, mm, Indiana yeah. Jones, if you think about the movies, outside of, like, the beginning of Temple of Doom, he's not in that part of the world, like, ever. Which it Michael tends, said, this is, a se- you know? this is a prequel to that, so this is trying to explain why he's in Shanghai at the beginning of kind Temple of, of Doom. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. That's, that's where it ends, like, oh, we need to do a job for Laoshe. Right. Oh, my God. Yeah. But but there's no short round in it, so... Uh, I was going to say, does this explain how he met Academy Award-winning short round? <laughs> Kiwi Kwan? Uh, no, no, sadly it doesn't. That was an oversight. But uh, we know that he meets him sometime between the Emperor's Tomb and the Temple of Doom. Uh, that Which rhymes. kind of implies he has known him for, like, minimal time mm-hmm. before the start of Temple yeah. of Doom, which is like... What's the dynamic here, bud? Yeah, what, he's he's been following on? me around for the past three months. I can't shake him. Uh, I don't know what's happening. This kid won't leave me alone. Yeah. Uh. But yeah. <laughs> so Emperor's Tomb, yeah, it's a big globe-trotting adventure. Lots of 
ghosts and shit that you need to fight. You get like a magical frisbee to to fight them uh, late in the game, and it's it's neat. I I I was kind of surprised to find out that it's like it wasn't actually well reviewed at the time. I think it's like a sixty five percent average something yeah. like that mm-hmm. on metacritic well mm-hmm. only like one of these indiana jones games ever was and it's the number one you know mm-hmm. that's true that's true but uh i, I guess two of them were but this was yeah. also what i remember is like oh yeah this is the one where you have to like you're in the the bowels of some underground temple and there are sharks there swimming around for some reason that you have to contend with uh, so yeah, lots of bits where you're swimming underwater and being chased by crocodiles or sharks and it's pretty stressful, but, uh, again, it feels like, you know, more, more like a Tomb Raider game, but more like a, you know, post anniversary legend Tomb Raider style game where it's a little bit more flexible and there's more to do and you can punch yeah, Nazis. Looking at, at, at footage of it now with, with people playing it on well-tuned ps2 emulators it looks astonishing like how did we miss yeah. this and like oh it never looked like this oh well PS2. that's another thing it's backward compatible on xbox oh, series what? and yeah. like you can take advantage of a bunch of cool new visual features i guess better lighting i, I want to say ray tracing but i don't think ki- that's true i remember i remember me? they had an announcement a few years ago when they did this it's like why 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 are you what? doing this yeah because <laughs> they knew they'd have an indiana jones exclusive mm-hmm. eventually because they can uh sure. it also has some of the best German accents I have ever heard. One filthy American who is supposed to be scared? That von Beck saloon. Maybe we can play cards later, yeah? <laughs> Nine. You took all my money last time. Wow. It's like I'm at Gamescom. I gotta, I gotta be honest. It's like I'm... <laughs> <laughs> After, like, was this placeholder audio or something? It just got left in. Come to the Sony booth. Mm-hmm. We have... <laughs> Scarebound for some reason. <laughs> Crash Bandicoot has party game. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I'm just doing Hans and Franz. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, There's a little bit of Sprockets in there, too. Mm-hmm. God, and now's the time in Indy where we dance. But I, I still hold a, a candle for this one or carry a torch, whatever it is you're supposed to say. But objectively, this is a much better game. Number two. <laughs> I bet you can guess the scene. And for the, the record, Michael, Indiana Jones would carry the torch because if he held the candle, it would probably be a stick of dynamite on accident, and there would be a whole yes. gag about that. Yeah. So. No, just hold Goody it. Stuff. Carry his lighter if he needs the light. But I, like I said, I bet I, I bet you can guess the game and the scene from that clip I just played. Hmm. Scene, I'm not 100 percent sure, but I know it's Lego Indiana Jones, mm-hmm. which is uh, which is yes, I, I I was incorrect a moment ago. Yes, two have been highly rated. This one and. What will be the number one? Yeah, you know was that the sword boss guy scene? That little, was yes, yes, that <laughs> okay, is correct. Okay. Got it. Yay! Uh, fun, fun bit of trivia. Do you know what the highest rated version of this game on Metacritic is? Ooh. It's got to be the Wii, PSP, PSP or Vita, perhaps. You're close. DS. The DS yes. version what? is the high. It's it's sitting at an eighty percent. All the other versions are in the low to mid seventies. Uh, okay. But yeah, um, but what what did it do? Like, was it 3D as well? Yeah, but I think it's just that fewer people reviewed the DS version, so it has a higher score because there weren't as many people dogpiling on it for like, this is just the same as Lego Star Wars. 
Or, just, or yeah, it's probably a bunch of those sites that only cover Nintendo stuff, and we're just excited to see something made out of a property they'd heard of. Maybe. What do you, what do you think the they made DS stand for in that version? I'm going with Demple of Sum. <laughs> You're probably right. Daters of the Sauce. Emperor, Emperor Dim Sum. Yeah. <laughs> Dringdom of the Dristal Skull. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, but yeah, this this was surprisingly fun and. Every time I, like, force myself to play a LEGO game, I start to think, maybe I'm being too hard on LEGO games by writing them off as, like, eh, they're all the same. Because this one has some neat stuff going for it. Like, obviously, playing as Indiana Jones and using the whip is pretty cool. But, like, there are tools scattered around in the levels. And, like, you know, each of your guy, if each of your two characters can carry a different tool. And, like, if you find a shovel, like, oh, I can dig stuff up if you find a wrench i can fix this engine and repair an elevator Mm -hmm. or whatever yeah and what i like too is and you kind of have to either thank or blame the star wars lego for this is like what's when lego star wars came out everybody was like and there was a lot of characters right but they all put them in like the same handful of categories your jedis your Mm. bounty hunters your droids whatever and each one had their little specialty and so they kind of i'm not gonna say they like pigeonhole themselves but from then on, basically, the LEGO games all had character archetypes like that, right? So, like, you had an adventurer type like Indy. You had uh, a tiny character like Short Round that could, like, mm-hmm. get into smaller spaces. And so that that sort of character switching, like, ensemble gameplay, it works. Well, it's they got, they got away a from lot it. of context. They got away from it for a little while. Actually, we have to remember, this is only the second LEGO game right. franchise after Star Wars, right? right? So, yeah. like... For if, if they were being criticized, like, this is too much like Lego Star Wars, I'm like, boy, just wait, because there's a lot more of this coming. But it's like, I think they were they were trying to carve that out. Like, yeah, this is what it means to be a Lego game from us. And so it, it carried yeah. a lot of that stuff. And then, oddly enough, the third iteration, Batman, really got away from that stuff for the most part. It's like, yeah, this is kind of straight-up action brawler game, less the puzzle, puzzle-ish elements of those archetypes like you're talking about, Tony. Like, oh, I need, yeah. I need this type of character to solve this puzzle or whatever. But, like... I didn't mind it. You know, I, w- I certainly wasn't sick of the formula after only the second type. I'm like, good, yeah, cool. Do mm. another variation on Star Wars and let me play as Indiana Jones in this Lego universe. And, and the the gags, are they're funny. They work. Like, it's, yeah. it's a good one of these, you and, know? And uh, I was kind of surprised. I would, I would like to note just as of today, Star Wars was already a phenomenon in the Lego department. There weren't really that many Indiana Jones Legos, if any at all. And you mean like I saw, play sets? Like yeah, actual Yeah, yeah I, I walked ah, through Target okay. today and like, Fuck yeah, Indiana Jones Legos. I mean, there's something about it, like, I just said out loud, that makes more sense than Star Wars for some reason. I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> build your own temples a, for Indiana Jones. Yeah, build your own te- Like, there's a Raider set where you can, like, build a move, you know, a rollable boulder and everything. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. I actually, now that, now that you say that, I, I just remembered something I was reading earlier that, like, yeah, the, the actual Tomb of the Chin Emperor with the, the terracotta statues and everything... That is tailor-made for an Indiana Jones story, like Emperor's Tomb, because uh, according to legend, it is filled with booby traps. Like, they allegedly put up, like, crossbows and arrows and poison gas and, and all this stuff that to, to keep out grave robbers. But um, we don't know for sure if that if that ever actually happened. It's, it's just based on legend, and a lot of that tomb hasn't been excavated. But anyway, Lego Indiana Jones. Uh, uh, yeah, so I was kind of curious how they would handle some of the more violent scenes. Uh, so, like, the the sword guy getting shot scene, it's kind of a funny gag, just like in the movies, except that, like, this time, instead of falling over, he shatters, because he's a Lego guy, yeah. Um, yeah. The, 
the Kalima scene in Temple of Doom. The guy does not get his heart pulled out. Instead, he just gets strapped into the cage and dipped into the like the lava well of souls, whatever the hell that thing is. And uh, then it it gets pulled back up, and all of his clothes have dissolved. Ha ha ha! He's in his underwear. Ah. What what about the original Nightmare Fuel mm-hmm. that has made me afraid to put my finger in fans to this day? Where the dude gets chopped up by the airplane propeller? How do they handle that uh, one in these games? Uh, I didn't I didn't check that one out, but uh, I did check out the dinner scene in uh, Temple of Doom. That dinner scene is is like the er scene where it's like we make foreign food look as gross and disgusting as possible. And like, yeah, there are people at the table in the Lego version who are like, you know, trying to eat giant bugs. But Indiana gets served a hamburger and short round gets served a hot dog. And then Willie's sitting there waiting for her dinner and she gets handed the chilled monkey's brains with like, yeah, a like little Lego brain and like the eyes on the monkey head are blinking and <laughs> it's really fucking gruesome, actually, for a Lego game. But uh, yeah. mm-hmm. this is they didn't uh, shy this is away from those Lego. moments. No. They just Lego fight them. Yeah. You know, like yeah, I, of I, course, yeah, that's, that's answer, part of the you know, funny. Yeah. With your question, Matt, I, I think he gets hit with the propeller and just pops into little pieces. Yeah, like, sure. I think that's what I, happened. I was disappointed by the opening the Lost Ark scene, also just because like their faces don't melt; they just sort of like warp a little bit, and then they. Oh, we're getting pulled into the sky, whatever. By the way, quick plug, as a guy who literally just finished a trailer featuring Lego where Sonic does that to Eggman. Mm. Hmm. Check it out in Sonic Superstars later this year. Yeah, that's what you do. It's instead of, you know, it's like, yeah, things explode in piles of Lego pieces. Like, duh, that's what you do. I still think he should have should have pulled a piece off that guy's chest and then just done the heart thing. As mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> they could have figured out a funnier way to do it. Whatever. I'm just kind of looking at this noise. list of Lego games and realizing they didn't they didn't do voices. What it was Lord of the Rings was the first one, right? Yeah. Like there are so many Lego games w- where it's just pantomime. Like that's why in all yeah. these audio clips, all you hear is huh. It's like not. It's like two steps below even simlish. I pulled it up. The guy backs in the propeller and it knocks his head off and he chases it around. Ah. Oh, that's that's even better. <laughs> Hilarious. For some reason, that guy is the only Indiana Jones action figure I own. Hmm. That was a fun trip to Lucas. <laughs> is it like is it like a bit like those stretchy wrestlers? Like is it that no. size and shape? That's what it should be. I had a friend who worked in the licensing department and he he like here I took these for you. I'm like which I, I'm like these have to be the shittiest action figures, so I'm getting them for nothing. And it's Hayden Christensen's redone force ghost from the end of Jedi. <laughs> I have that one. And the giant giant uh, bald Nazi yeah. from Oh, fun fun Ray piece Ray. of trivia though that the Nazi who gets uh, knocked into the propeller, I guess it's the same stunt performer who gets uh, knocked into the rock crusher in Temple of Doom. Oh gosh. Uh, that, really? That's oh. that uh, traumatizing stripe of blood that appears as it, as it continues mm-hmm. to turn. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, awesome. Mm-hmm. I love that scene. So this game, I was kind of looking up, this game has a sequel. And this is one of the, probably mm-hmm. one of the first times I went, 
why? Because this the, the original game right. retold the first three Indiana Jones movies, and then the mm-hmm. second game, they're like, well, we got to get Crystal Skull because in there. I'm like, no, you someone didn't. Someone will buy really a Crystal didn't. Skull game. That's why. Yeah. Yeah. It basically, yeah. it, it kind of crams the first trilogy into a thing, and then it, and then uh, drags out Crystal Skull, if I remember correctly. <laughs> like it is, He's carrying it on the cover. Yeah. <laughs> it is not of the same quality. No. Well, I mean, at least it gives us Lego Shia LaBeouf, which, you know. We need it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's made of Lego Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> I'm surprised. I, I understood that reference. I'm surprised they didn't do like a Lego Transformers, where you also get a Lego Shia LaBeouf. They did. Yeah, they did the Transformer down. game, but just not a Lego version mm-hmm. of it. Mm-hmm. Traveler's Tales did. Yeah. Why didn't they give us Lego Even Stevens with Lego Shia LaBeouf? <laughs> exactly. Uh, Tony doesn't realize this. Too young a reference for uh, everyone else here. I know what it was. Mm-hmm. I knew what it was. That's where I know sure him from. Come now. Disney, you Disney were not Channel watching show. Even Stevens at seventeen. I knew it existed. I worked at the parks when that show was on. I had to be familiar with the catalog. No, Jesus, guys, remember the the what brings us all together is a desire to see Shia LaBeouf in Lego minifigure form. Mm-hmm. Let's not forget that. Yeah. True. <laughs> That's true. All right. Well, let's move along to our number one. All right, Jones. How are you going to find that statue and all this junk? Poor Marcus. He thought this was a Maasai warrior. Uh, this is the beginning to a game that I missed the first time around and is just so cleverly written and mm-hmm. fun so and such an oh, interesting so take on the character. Uh, yeah. yeah. Is this the fate of Atlantis? This is, this is the, yes, it is. the fate of loves. Atlantis. Yeah. It's, it is the game that just should be considered indie 4. And hey, if you go to youtube.com slash framework video, that's exactly what my video is about. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, and and uh, this is another one. Remember when I said, like, oh, The Last Crusade got a like a LucasArts-style adventure game, but also an action game that was just called, like, The Last Crusade, the action game. This did, too. This There's also an action version of Fate of Atlantis out there that is not well-regarded um, mm. and should probably be ignored. But this is just... It's it's funny, which isn't really you, you. You expect action comedy, maybe, but you don't expect it to lean more on the comedy than the action. And it's very uh, Lucas Arts. I I heard a lot yeah. of Sam and Max in there. Yes, when you there's that audio there's play. a lot of Sam and Max. There's a lot of Monkey Island, and and you can kind of this actually predates, by the way. Yeah, this was yeah. before Monkey Island by a year or two. Yeah, yeah, like Lucas Arts. They 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 did last cruise. I mean, when you're under the Lucasfilm banner, you know, you get pretty you know you, you get the opportunity to make this sort of thing so when last crusade worked because it was a hit at the time you know they got permission to just make another one and well we're out of movies so just kind of do what you want and what they did no, was i mean i the I, best I possible option in, in our buddy rob's book that like the lucas arts decree was like to to kind of not rely on lucasfilm franchises and this is the first time they're like no we're gonna do this like it's just in-house only because i think they, they'd worked on some games but it wasn't exclusively LucasArts. This is like only LucasArts. We're going to do the same thing that has made our other games beloved. We're going to do it with a pre-existing beloved character. They hadn't really done that before. Mm-hmm. And XCOM is like a year later when they start working on Star Wars games in earnest. So like it was a lot a lot of hope writing on this. And for the people who played it, it delivered on. I, I have never been able to find this. And it's I on Steam. Looked, it's yeah, like it's six bucks. Now. It's very. Yeah. I haven't looked very hard. Is what I was going to follow. That <laughs> it was <time>. also, <laughs> I think, included as an extra in the Wii version of Staff of Kings, which 
By the way, I played a little bit of that game, and it's weird because, like, you know, there are certain games from, like, the early PS3, 360, late PS2, also Wii era, where it's just like, we have the PS3, 360 version of this big game, and then we have the PS2 slash Wii version. Mm -hmm. And then the PS2 Wii versions kind of had a distinct feel. That like this this feels like a down market attempt to replicate the larger game. It's not really even yeah. a port. It's like a reimagining, but not good. Was it not but, exclusive to Wii? I thought they had like a Wii PS2 exclusive. In well, the game. Wii the Wii is where you get to do motion control yeah. whipping. It's mm. pretty. Dope. Uh, the PS2 version looks a bit better, and you don't have to worry about motion control. But at the same time, like you remember that this was originally supposed to be a PS3 game. They showed off a prototype demo where you're like okay, punching was- out uh, Chinatown gangsters on top of a cable car in San Francisco. And uh, that that version got scrapped, but I guess they had done enough with the PS2 Wii version that it's just like, nope, this is where we should put our resources. This is what, sh- what it should be. And so you had like the so-so staff of kings. But Fate of Atlantis did Fate things Atlantis. that I have not seen an adventure game really do before or since. Like... Puzzles mm-hmm. have multiple solutions. There are randomized elements that change between playthroughs. You can tackle the game mm-hmm. three distinct ways, as as your partner here will uh, partner in one playthrough option will refer to. You are a remarkable man, Dr. Jones. You possess great strength of character. You are resourceful. You trust others and want them to trust you. The most promising path to Atlantis, therefore, is the one we both must take, together as a team. All right, I'm convinced. You can come along. Then let's go, partner. So, yeah, you have three ways to play. You can team up with with Sophie Hapgood, the psychic who has, like, Atlantean artifacts and knows something about Atlantis. She's, like, she's, you know, the typical old flame of Indy, and Mm -hmm. she... Uh, she like drifted away from academia or whatever, got a little too, like, into the, the psychic stuff, and so there's, like, that really cool like skeptical conflict between Sophie and Indy that like oh it works out so well yeah uh, you can also why is he a skeptic he's literally seen the, the <laughs> well, Ark of the Covenant I know, open and I know, melt the but dude's that's face like, off but that's he like a thing though it. he yeah. did not see it that's true he did close his eyes but <laughs> yeah. that is a thing though like in every movie he is a big skeptic every mm-hmm. time which is like he I mean JR from from 302010 has a good theory about this which is somebody just needs to write a prequel or he's cursed to always forget supernatural mm. things <laughs> <laughs> because it's the only way it makes sense because well, he has witnesses. It's, it's also a like a scully thing where it's like, like, look, I might admit that the last thing we saw was supernatural. That doesn't mean this thing is. Yeah. And, and it even also in matches this... his Han Solo character who doesn't mm-hmm. believe in the force or lightsaber. No. <laughs> yeah. And even in this game, you find like the, the, the Minotaur is not there, but you find like a, the labyrinth under Crete. And he literally has a line where he goes, oh, well, the labyrinth is real. Okay, maybe Atlantis is real, too. And it's like an hour before you get to Atlantis itself. Yeah, you don't you don't uh, have to fight the Minotaur, but you do have to fight Nazis. And one thing I like is, so to complete my thought from earlier, you can play the game as yes. a team-up. You can play it just indie going around punching dudes, so more action-oriented. Or you can just, you know, solve the puzzles on your own without the help of a partner. Mm-hmm. Obviously, those two other options are boring uh, because, you know, why would you want to miss out on screwball comedy conversations like this when you're trying to figure out how to get past a knife thrower? Come on, assist the guy, will you? Nope, nope, nope. Oh, I get it. You're chicken. 
Well, cock-a-doodle-doo. I'll never volunteer. Think about the effect on international relations. I'm thinking about the effect on my health. Pretty please? What's with you anyway? You gotta see this genius in action. I don't know. Those knives look dangerous. Excuse me. Yes? I'd make a wonderful assistant. It's refreshing to see such spirits. But my assistant must be a woman. Show business, you know. <laughs> Those are why all conversation Jones? options you can pick from a yeah. menu. But why does First he sound all, like Groucho Marx in this game? Like, sometimes it's a guy. Just a guy. Why did you say the secret way? <laughs> he sound, he sounds I like, like Bruce to throw Campbell. knives, but sometimes I take the blade out of my hand, baby. He, he sounds like Bruce Campbell now. Kind <laughs> <laughs> of. Yeah, uh, but but uh, I will to your point, Michael. I, I agree that the 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 team path, as it's called, is definitely the most fun. Where it's you and Sophia all the way through. But uh, you know the the other two have their strengths, and in fact, all three like have scenarios and specific puzzles and rooms that you don't get to see in the others. So like mm. you are incentivized to try those other paths. That's mm. All right, well, that makes sense. But I also like that you can actually walk away. You can choose to walk away from a fight with a Nazi in the labyrinth. Halt! We don't like people who get in our way, especially not the likes of you, Head Jones. Don't be too sure. Wait till Nurab Sal hears about this. I'd better get him up to date. Come back and fight like a man. <laughs> Nazi just stands there and lets you leave. <laughs> yeah. And also, I wanted to point out too, Michael, um, you, know, you, you know, you played the clip of Sophia like laying out the options for the path. Mm -hmm. What is really cool is, so when I played, her dialogue there was actually different. Mm -hmm. um, because she basically kind of prods you into one of the three. And what she says in the scene you played is actually based on a puzzle you do before that. Ah. Like, if you, you have to, like, get into her lecture about Atlantis. Mm -hmm. And you can either, like... You, you can either, like, smooth talk the guy out front to get inside through the main door. You can fight the bouncer to get inside. Or you can do, like, an actual puzzle with the back door and, like, it's a whole contraption to, like, distract her on stage, whatever. And so you're playing into the speech, the fight, or the puzzle solving. And so depending on which of those you do, and when I played, I didn't even realize the others I didn't do were possible. The one you play actually changes what, what she says to encourage you later as far mm -hmm. as choosing her path. So it really is, like in-depth and innovative for for, for a yeah, point-and-click game. It's really as, impressive. As far as I remember reading about it in the history of LucasArts, it, it's just really bizarre that LucasArts spent all this time refining the scum system to make these great games and then shoehorned one of Lucasfilm's biggest properties into it yeah. to yeah. make something just so much more elaborate and you could justify that because of the property. I was going to say, this, uh, even this, though, the way you just described yeah. it, it sounds like Deus of the Last X. It's like a Deus Ex precursor game. It's like, yeah, you can you get a sneak behind. You can you can go yeah. in, you know, guns blazing. It's, it's like, what? One of those point-and-click adventure games that somehow manages to feel like a world with its own logic and, like, reactiveness. That yeah. doesn't constantly say you can't do that here. Yeah. Right, yeah. I don't think I can use that here. No, no. No, no, no reason to waste time. And yeah. you can you can try just about anything. Like you know, there's you you meet this old archaeology buff who uh, demands that you trade him something, and you can just like, uh, how about this American bullwhip? And he's like, ah, oh, don't be ridiculous. Who uses a whip in this day and age? Sure, <laughs> sure. There's yeah, there's oh, there's so much good yeah. stuff. I I mean, like I said, I have a whole video on it, so I don't mm -hmm. want to like keep us here forever. But it's it it truly is an excellent game, and it is funny. Too, uh, yeah. like we were saying before, really there funny. is a um, there like you know you're looking for this lost colony, and I know like in looking for it, you get like 
I'm, I'm gonna... Never mind, you can have that part. I don't remember what the punchline is, but it's funny, I swear. <laughs> it's... No, I, I hope... I, this is one of those things I've always looked at and, like, this deserves a remake. I don't think you can really... I don't know what the next exclusive Indiana Jones game is going to look like, but the story and the dialogue here seems like it could carry over into any other kind of game you want to make. Yeah. Uh, I don't really love point-and-click games, adventure games. I'd love to see this transported into something else. Yeah. Actually, well, the, that's, that's... the Steam version is the remaster, which is at least a mm. little more modernized, which is good. Mm-hmm. Um, the the nice. toolbar is a little more modernized. It yeah. still does feel archaic in places, but I still think it's absolutely worth playing. I mean, it, like I said, if you like Indiana Jones, it feels it like it. It I... truly should have just been turned into the next movie. It's so it's excellent. Well, that that's to me is is like okay, take it. Someone who hasn't seen this most recent, but you know, who saw Crystal Skull is like. The biggest travesty there is, like, Indiana Jones should have just continued as video games. Like like Ghostbusters. It's like, hey, okay, everyone's too old for this now, so we're just going to do a digital form. Like, hmm. I want to see young Harrison Ford Indiana Jones, and you can do that in video games forever. Yep. I don't need to see 80-year-old Harrison Ford trying to be Indiana Jones on the fucking silver screen. No, yeah. thanks. Yeah. I'll just play it in video games. My game criticism form. of the, the new movie is that it suffers every time Harrison Ford's yeah, face no. is on screen. And to, you, to your point, Chris, about what's going to be next, eh, probably like Temple Run Indiana Jones <laughs> is what we're yeah. going to get. Yeah. If we haven't oh, already. Uh, I also thought it was interesting that Sophia Hapgood, your partner in this, uh, makes a reappearance in Infernal Machine. Sophia yeah. Hapgood. Hello, Indy. Been a while. I'll say. What brings you out west? Some psychic premonition about the treasures I should have found? My, look at these wonderful potsherds. It's the new thinking in archaeology. Find some worthless debris, analyze it, understand prehistory. Kind of noble, don't you think? Yeah, she's working with the CIA. She recruits Indy to fight the godless commies. And that that's also weird just to hear Indiana Jones talk about commies derogatory you know <laughs> uh it's not the same voice actor for her i don't think between games but that might be the same guy voicing indy it does sound pretty familiar I'm... yeah it, it sounds a lot like the the fate of atlantis guy which for my money is the best not like fake indy we've gotten mm-hmm. i just I, I i never i guess back in those days movie stars didn't do video game voiceovers in any capacity but harrison ford's reluctance to did you hear him on Conan? No. Uh, I've Harrison seen clips Ford. go by. I have not watched them, if that makes sense. It, it's just, it's a reminder that, that Harrison Ford's curmudgeonliness is a fucking act. He is oh, yeah. playing around with yeah, everybody. Absolutely. He's a genuinely fun dude. And I remember like all his Conan appearances, he is goofy as shit on Conan. He And remember when Peter, when Peter Mayhew died, Harrison Ford, you ask him in the interview, stop asking me about Star Wars. I don't mm. care. And then Peter Mayhew dies, and like he writes this beautiful thing about this guy who was this good friend of his at a time in his life he cherishes, and he never talks about any any of this stuff like this. But he does feel that way. He just it's an act, as in like something he's pulling on the public, or still like a persona he feels like he needs to adopt. He's a he's a nice person, and I I know he loves Indy. Uh, Oh, just to answer your question, uh, Tony, yes, it is the same actor, Doug Lee. Okay. And Infernal right, Machine I was and uh, Fate of Atlantis. Curious. Please tell me that's one word, Dugley. Dugley. Yeah. Like an adverb. Dugley. It Dugley. <laughs> it's the Dugliest Doug. <laughs> Bigly Dugly. Bigly Dugly. He's adventuring in China. <laughs> there it is. Uh, anyway, that has been our top five. Uh, go check out 
Infernal Machine, or no, not Infernal Machine, Fate of Atlantis. Go check out Fate of Atlantis. It's <laughs> wonderful. Uh, it, it surprised me. I, I thought I'd lost interest in point-and-click adventures, too, but uh, yeah, there's a lot going on under that one's hood, and it's fun to explore. Yeah, on that note, we're going to take a little break. We're going to go out on LB Reigns, Indiana Jones. Fantastic. Go look it up on YouTube. When we come back, we're going to talk about some news, some new releases, some other stuff, so stay tuned. We'll have the time of our life. Indiana Jones, searching for some stones. Indiana Jones is going to take you Get scratching. Would you like exclusive bonus podcast commentaries and more from the Laser Time crew? Then we strongly encourage you to support this show on patreon.com slash laser time. It supports not only this show, but all the rest of the Laser Time Network. You'll get commentaries, play games with the hosts, see exclusive videos first, and receive an uncut weekly ad-free podcast bonus time. Speaking of which, here's a quick taste. Alan over here to yeah. tell me more about not only a trip to Japan, the, the most recent person I know to go to Tokyo Disney Sea. Biggest, bestest, most expensive Disney theme park in the entire world, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, Most expensively built, maybe not to visit right now with the strength of the dollar. Hey, oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I went to Mm -hmm. Tokyo Disney Sea twice to the point where, ask me if I'd go again. Would you go again, Chris? I don't know that I would. That place has three hour lines for everything. Well, the thing that I did, because the ticket, you know, with the with the conversion rate and stuff like that, the, the ticket itself to the park was only seventy dollars. Damn, really? Which, which is like half as expensive as Disneyland. Yeah. Get bonus time, a weekly uncensored and commercial free podcast every Tuesday, starting for just five dollars on patreon.com slash laser time. And welcome back to our second segment where we're just going to jump right into... Uh, the Settlers' New Allies from Ubisoft is out this week on consoles. For those of you who who didn't know, this came out earlier this year for PC. It is the first Settlers game since, I think, 2010. And uh, it, it uh, challenges you to... Follow a campaign where these uh, these people called the Alari are fleeing a, a war in their homeland and trying to find Alari, <laughs> they find a new have homeland. To you really quickly, Michael, as a man who worked on the Settlers Online, that came out after 2010. But first, new core Full, PC yes, Settlers. Core, yes, core there, were, there, there was also that anniversary collection, which was pretty awesome mm-hmm. and stuff. Because it's like a 30 year old franchise at this point. Yeah, yeah I need my like mind that. refreshed. It, it's like a it's in the vein of like Civilization, right? No, not no, quite. No? It's it's more... So the Settlers games have always had this kind of niche of, like, it's technically an RTS with a ton of city building. and yeah. econ- It's 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 a German game, through and through, made by a German dev in Dusseldorf, Germany. Uh, oh. Full disclosure, I used to work for UB. I worked on this franchise at one point, and it's like... You really Settlers. It's, it's like... So take, like, the city building aspects of a Sim uh, SimCity game, but, like... It's all about maximizing your the efficiency of your economy. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, with the end result of trying to get the most you know well built economy to drive your machines of war to go off and, and conquest yeah. things, right? Like it's, that's you, that's what the settlers you're has always been building up a city so that you can build up a military so that you can go out and crush your opposition. It isn't like civilization where there you know there's like a persistent map. 
the campaign, it's more like an RTS, like Warcraft or Starcraft or something like that, where, like, here's this map. Here You have a specific challenge to meet on this map where, like, the enemy's over here. You need to find a way over to them. You need to find these treasures, whatever. Uh, but and, and then you move on to the next chapter. But uh, what makes this particularly interesting, I thought, is that all of your workers... Like all your entire population is represented on screen as individual units that are milling around, carrying stuff from place to place. Uh, if if they if there's nothing else for them to do, they'll carry stuff. If uh, you you like build a sawmill or something, like two of your workers will permanently join the sawmill. If you recruit a soldier, one of your carriers will go to the barracks and train to become a soldier. You can watch this entire process. Yeah. So that's kind of neat that like you can see your entire population represented as a moving workforce. It's very technically impressive. Mm-hmm. Well, and in, in, in fact, like. It actually like ties in. It's not just animation for animation's sake. Like when I talk about maximizing efficiency, you mm-hmm. will want to like put certain buildings, like a granary, next to a flour mill and stuff yeah. like that. And like the distance between those, if that person is walking too far, technically your economy is less efficient at that point, right? Like because it'll increase the time to produce certain things, yeah. and you can. What the older settlers games were kind of, you know, they didn't do a great job at was telling you where your economy was broken. And where the franchise has gotten better over the years is they'll kind of like tell you like, hey, you kind of got some, you know, you're producing too much of this thing over here, not enough of this thing over here, and the, everything's not running smoothly. Too many white people. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, Final Fantasy 16 was was uh, the other week. Oh, <laughs> one, one thing I've noticed is that like it is actually possible. Like you also need to be very very efficient in how you build roads, how you place buildings, because. Like, for for example, like I was trying to build something once. It's like, why is this taking so long? And so I go over to my warehouse, which is on the other ass end of the map where I built it. And like, there is a huge log jam of workers literally standing in line waiting for their turn to go in and and retrieve this stuff because I built the roads so badly that like they can only stand single file. (laughs) That's a, that's the great example, and so like if you're into real fidgety stuff like that, although this one though is it, Michael, you were talking about like they have simplified some things to kind of make the the bridge that gap to console, right? So it's it's well, it's I mean, less I, I think it was kind of streamlined in the PC version. I don't think mm-hmm. the console mm-hmm. is a simplified version of it. Okay, yeah, okay. But yeah, I, I I like settlers. Your mileage may vary. Like it's look if you're if you're German, try it. You'll love it. But if not, if not, and you know, this franchise is huge in Germany. And the fact that like many Americans have never even heard of it is just like yeah, they, there's certain certain types of games that they're just huge in Europe, in Germany specifically. And this is this is one of the biggest franchises in Germany is the settlers. So check it out. Mm-hmm. Uh, also out this week, uh, Guilt. Is Stadia the, exclusive guilt? Yeah, Stadia no exclusive guilt. G Y L T. It's a which I believe means it should be pronounced like goofy. Just goyled, hmm. goyled. Mm-hmm. Did, did you say Gosh. this is Stadia's best like exclusive? It was its only exclusive oh, for a long time. Okay. Uh, it was the, one of the so, launch yes. games. I think it was <laughs> the default. only the only launch exclusive, and it is a game by Tequila Works. The, the people who made the Sexy Brutal and the Groundhog Day game, and it's about a young girl who's sneaking around in a school that's infested by monsters trying to find uh, her sister or best friend, something I can't remember. Um, but yeah, it's it's a horror stealth game hmm. aimed nominally at kids and teenagers. 
So um, that's that's interesting. And also uh, really interesting that this actually finally came out. Six Days in Fallujah is out now in oh. Steam Early Access, which I think is our weird. third podcast we, ha- we ever did in mm-hmm. 08 had an argument. Not an argument, but like it was controversial whether this game should exist. Uh, I was Konami. just about to say, I feel like I heard you guys, yeah, quite well, literally, I, like a generation of podcasts ago, like I didn't, I didn't talking about we, the announcement of this game. Most of us were like, "Why not?" But like, what Shane, who had like a brother in Iraq, was like, "This is totally inappropriate to like put out right now," and that was yeah. a lot of people's feelings. Uh, and it was eye opening that little conversation to see here, like a couple weeks ago. This is coming out. This had no hype behind it, behind other than it being topical. Yeah, and I guess it was first announced in like 2009, and uh, it was hit kind of by controversy on every side. Like you know, people saying like this is inappropriate. This is disrespectful to troops. This is disrespectful to the Iraqis who died. It, it, it's all it's of just, whom were still fighting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In in 09, yeah, absolutely. Um, it but, is disrespectful. Now go play our propaganda game, the official U.S. Army mm-hmm. game, where we will recruit yeah. high school students uh-huh. to fight for the So military. go play Six Days in Fallujah. Pretend like we didn't like pull out and completely botch everything yeah. that we did over yeah. there for two decades. Well, my understanding is that the, the idea for this came out of, I guess, the developer was working on like another simulation game for the military, and they were interviewing people who had been in the Battle of Fallujah and, like, the stories that they were getting from these guys convinced them, like, we need to tell this story. We need to turn this. And, like, one of them had the idea, like, you guys should turn this into a video game. And so they're like, okay, we will. And uh, so the the game is very, it, it's, like, trying clearly to be some sort of historical document. That, like, the cutscenes that I have seen are just veterans of the battle uh, and Iraqi interpreters and stuff like this, explaining the situation, why we were there. So it's, it's like a series of interviews about the Battle of Fallujah, and then it's like, and now you'll go here. But there is a there's a campaign that isn't available yet because it's early access. But there are <laughs> fire team missions which also have you know documentary style cutscenes. And uh, my experience with this was pretty limited. I played the training mission. I thought the movement was kind of slow and the aiming was a little bit difficult, playing it on a controller, which is probably a dumb idea. Um, And then, yeah, the the first mission I played, like, okay, I'm walking slowly behind a tank and I can hear gunshots and I just saw a guy run behind that column over there. I'm going to, you know what? I'm going to just run straight over and get him. And uh, then, you know, the second I'm out of cover, just bam, 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 dead. Like, but it, it is very much a, you know, like you are not invincible. You're not Superman. It's not Call of Duty. You're supposed to play with other players and coordinate, communicate, watch each other's backs, etc. cetera. Uh, mm-hmm. That's not my kind of game at all. So yeah. your yeah. mileage may vary. It's also just where, how, who, ha, ha. Wait, so you're telling me Konami made games back in 2000? Yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> they were originally going to publish this back in this, at around the time when they were also publishing like Saw and Russian Attack, Expatriate, and these Western developed games. <laughs> Jackal Evolved. <laughs> I mean, never has a developer had a more apropos name. Uh, high Wire Games. They, mm-hmm. they were literally walking as quite yeah. the High Wire act with this. Yeah. Now, here's, here's the question. I, I don't want to rehash the old, is it too soon? Is it you know, appropriate? Like, 
bat- the Battle of Fallujah, the, the the one that this game is telling the story of, the second one, that's 2004. So that's 19 years ago. Mm-hmm. We grew up playing games based in, you know, I hate to do that that exercise of you like, hey, we were playing games based in Vietnam. That actually was about 20 years before, oh, yeah. you know, we were playing that stuff that, too. That time so I, like, I platinum platoon on the NES. <laughs> so it's like, what is what is the cutoff? Like, what's the rule? Like, at the time when this was 2009 and this was announced, that was only five years old. So now that it's almost 20 years old, is it okay I mean, now? I is it think still- it just, I mean, I can only, you know, voice my own opinion, but I think a lot of that stemmed from the fact that the same war was still being fought. Yeah. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. It's not that I'm not I, I'm not sensitive to that. It's just I also don't care because I played America's Army, which always reflected things that were happening simultaneously. Like they didn't come up with new scenarios, but they would they would lean into that a lot. Like it was, especially with weapons and events. Uh, so I, I I don't know it, how are you supposed to separate any war game from any of that shit? Like sure. it's a shooting yeah. gallery. Well, and I I, I you know like. Again, only speaking for myself here, if the selling point at the time was we're going to talk about this thing that is fairly recent, mm-hmm. for it to come out now is a big who cares kind of thing. Sure, it's past the point where it may be too soon, but also your the point was to put it out, quote unquote, too soon. Well, you know was. what I mean? So like, it's like, who cares? Truly, mm-hmm. who cares at this point? Because it, it's not like it's being put out as... A look back at it. it's not like a big deal was even made that it was finally coming out. I think it was like a surprise to all of yeah. us that it was something to talk about yeah. this week. You know? I was shocked, like to to see video footage of it finally because working in the games press, we had to like write about it every day using the same eight screenshots, and I don't think there was a trailer yet. <clears throat> yeah, like and mm. the equivalent of it, I guess now is there was like that SWAT game. That the trailer was getting passed around for somewhat recently that looked like too oh, the, real. The hyper you know realistic, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. So like, th- th- there is still such a thing as a game that feels too real or too, uh, you know, re- too relevant. And it's like will, I want to see know? that game that you're talking about. I just know it'll suck. The more yeah, real it, it is, the the more it'll make me feel. The more it tries to lean into spec ops the line, <laughs> the, the, yeah. the less I. I, and I also, well, I, I don't feel and like I that's also what don't this is. Want to see it? Yeah. <laughs> like it's you not know? trying to even dramatize the effects so much or, or the the events so much from what I've seen. It is really just like here is the historical context, and now is the gameplay. Um, but so, I, is, so I won't have yeah. multiple ways to solve these missions. I can't. Well, they're, they're even getting criticized for like the fact that it, it's only showing the interview footage with U.S. you know uh, troops, where it's like, oh, you're only showing one side of the story. You didn't mm-hmm. interview Iraqi citizens. So- and they they interview interpreters, but uh, yeah. that's a little different. Yeah. Like these are guys who were fighting side by side with right. the yeah. Americans. It, it, it's a bit like why even bother to put it out? You know. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm, I'm with it's you. It's the same guy. The, the guy took so you know it was a different developer originally, but like the head guy of that developer that he founded this Highwire Games. It's like mm-hmm. he had this vision and a thing, a story he wanted to tell, and it's out there in some early access form now. So you know. I, I, I bring up Spec Ops the line because I think it, at, at, if anything, it could be an interesting, non-fun light shit on modern warfare. And, and it's I think it's important to people know what that looks like when they champion another war. And um, yeah, we're getting a little bit of that now in our society. Not the Ukraine thing. That's defense. Uh, I mean, give it give it another couple of years. Yeah. That's where Call of Duty's going, mm-hmm. you know? Well, well I mean, right. Call of Duty has been there. And that's what's weird is Call of Duty, though, was always, I guess, able to hide behind 
well, this is some nebulous, it's not a real army, it's this maybe sometimes near future stuff, alternate history, whereas like, I think that the reason this thing was controversial and not something like Modern Warfare, which is, you know, was it's, just it's as recent as like... It's it's more like, yeah, one shot, you fall down. Well, it was attached to, but I think for me, it was, they were attaching it to real world events where like, if they would have just been like, oh, this is fake and, and not based on anything else, would there have not been any controversy? It just... Who is this developer even? What is this game? Mm-hmm. And from the way you described it, Michael, I'm like, it doesn't sound like a game that seems that compelling for me to play. Like, I just remember the controversy far outweighed any interest I ever had in this game. It would be interesting know? to see, like, to experience a combat game through the eyes of a modern actual thing that happened that unfolds in only one way, whether you like it or not. Whereas Call of Duty, I think, skirts controversy both by using occasional stand-ins and like non-existent enemies but it also is a game and it's like it's mm. it's hollywoodified and this looks like that was not the goal this is not glamorized you're not a superhero michael nope. said all this yeah and- <laughs> it feels yeah i i hesitate to use the word realistic when talking about any video game but it feels like it's trying to be more realistic than a call yeah of that's duty. what i liked about spec ops the line like guys constantly like did we just do that mm. why Holy shit, yeah. we just killed a ton of people. Fuck this. But, but I think some of the controversy it's getting is it's not – it's realistic, quote-unquote, without showing the atro- the actual atrocities of war. Mm. Like that is generating some of the controversy. Because men did it's, what it's, they so were told, a, leadership and all. It's an unreliable look at the events, I suppose. Yeah, it it starts out talking – like introduces like uh, Al-Zarqawi, who's like a product of the Jordanian prison system and – uh, that you know, he and his fighters were using Fallujah as a base, and uh, the prime minister of Iraq ordered all civilians to evacuate Fallujah ahead of this operation. And you know, ninety thousand people fled the city, something like that. And it's like, okay, but who knows how many people were actually able to flee the city, as opposed to you know, it. Oh, it's just going to be fighters in there. Like realistically, eh, it's, it's probably. It was just. I remember at the time it, and I'm, I'm not standing by this statement now. It's like, uh, yeah, a realistic account of what happened. How dare they? And then, like, Battlefield's like, we added Stalingrad! Like, shit, yeah! We get to be in <laughs> Stalingrad! We get to do what our boys did. Hooray! Uh, and that's that's a war that, like, we've had enough distance from to ro- I, heavily romanticize. And even even Vietnam right. has been romanticized kind of in both directions. I, not Not as, like, this heroic war, but as, like... This tragic war. The last time I was playing one of those Call of Duty games that was going through Vietnam, I just like sort of dropped the controller. Like it really doesn't feel good shooting indigenous people through grass huts. No. This is not. Mm. <laughs> it doesn't really feel doesn't. gratifying at all. No. Um, but and and I think we don't have that distance from Iraq yet. Yeah. Um, and and like it, it right now, it just feels like. This was stupid. Why did we do this? Why did mm-hmm. we listen to these assholes and, l- and let them do this? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it could also be one reason we don't actually get a lot of games based on Vietnam. Like they tried it, and none of them were that successful. As they, I think, I think that left the bad taste in people's mouth. Of like, yeah, we we don't want to relive any of these well, events. Like, you know, like World War Two, we still view through this like heroic, like yeah, you know, we were we were on the side of right and and and. There, there was like you know it's just it's viewed differently than yeah, you got worked America and, and unless you're going to Quentin Tarantino that story <laughs> and, and then all of a sudden malls started popping up on the Ho Chi Minh Trail mm-hmm. it was amazing <laughs> it was <laughs> yeah. anyway 
I remain as interested as I ever was in that game, which is not enough. not at all. Not Fair enough. But I but I I, I don't think it shouldn't exist um, now or then. Yeah, of course. Uh, anyway, let's move along to. It has been quite some time since mm-hmm. we did one of these, but it, it is it is time, I feel. Oh, we are all ready now for the... Jason Bloom of Arrested Development fame, uh, the producer, actually, of the Five Nights, <laughs> Five Nights at Freddy's film, he wants to do him more the, game... The Bloomhouse uh, guy? Yeah, the Bloomhouse guy. He's, yeah. he's a producer. It's, it's his house. Job had a feeling that this Night Watchman <laughs> job wasn't going to go so smooth. <laughs> it didn't. The Five Nights at Freddy's movie hasn't even come out yet, but the trailer has come out, and people people seem excited. And uh, uh, I was Jason... I, I, I walked into, well, it wasn't Indiana Jones. It was Asteroid City. And like, shit, there are a bunch of people in front of me in a line. And thankfully, they were all young, and they all stopped to pose in front of the Five Nights at Freddy's poster. Yeah. So there is mad yeah. hype for people younger than us about that movie. There's also like a, I think a YouTuber in the trailer that, uh, that all the kids are going crazy about. I hear the animatronics donate to Trump as soon as you buy a ticket. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think the thing with me with that movie is like I think we already got a decent one of those. That's that Nick Cage movie that is basically mm-hmm. looks like Five Nights at Freddy's, but he yeah, kills the robots okay. in that one. Yeah, it, it was okay. Uh, what is that movie called? I totally forgot. I don't remember. I have seen it. It is a yeah, I saw movie. Most of it, And yeah. that is my review. It is, I'm guessing that's going to be how movie, we right? view this Five Nights at Freddy's movie. But anyway, the, but, but Correct. Jason he has Bloom no wants lines make, in the movie. <laughs> he wants to make more of these. And those, it's not surprising. Willie's the Wonderland. Success. There it is. When you see the success of the Mario movie, things like the Sonic movies, like employee here. Um, but it's like, okay. But, but his specialty, obviously, is horror, right? Mm-hmm. And he actually threw out a couple examples of stuff he wants to make. The first that comes to mind, uh, speaking of Nick Cage, who's coming, he's going to be in this game. He wants to do a Dead by Daylight adaptation, which... Sure. Yeah, good luck. I mean, there's original monsters in it. Why not? You know? But do people... Do they like those? I feel like people play that game for all the licensed monsters. No, I mean, I played a ton of it before any of that shit existed. It was still fun. Mm -hmm. But My gut would say the movie would appeal to the people who are familiar with the game but more people would learn about the game upon seeing a trailer for the movie. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and uh, here, here's the funny thing to me, though. Let's be uh, putting on my adult hat. You, as one of the biggest horror producers ever, saying out loud what movies you'd like to make without having procured the rights... You just shot those rights through the fucking... Those negoti- yep. <laughs> you just fucked your own negotiations, idiot. What are you doing? <laughs> nah, we don't have any interest in making this movie. Who would pay for that license? No, no, no. They're already they're already working with them. Oh, okay, like, so there was a statement uh, from, from the guy from that studio. But, um, yeah, I mean, he... Uh, in this quote, um, Bloom mentions that Insidious director James Wan is a big gamer, and so they've been talking about other stuff they want to work on together. So... Yeah, I mean, there's plenty of really good kind of indie, smaller horror games that could make very interesting. It's uh, weird. It's weird, and that and, that, and I don't. I, I'm, I'm not one to speak on this for real because I, I, I can barely get anywhere in games like Five Nights at Freddy's or Outlast or Amnesia. But I do appreciate them. 
But how can they offer the scares of those games, the, the rate of scares in a 90-minute movie? Like, how is that going to be satisfying? I'm, I'm just defending our little medium here. Yeah. yeah. Well, well you- it depends on the type of horror, right? Like, Five yeah. Nights is jump scare. Like, that is, yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I'm sorry mm-hmm. to say this, folks. That's all that game it's is. Jump it is jump game. scares. And so that works in a movie context, you know, like they to a point, and then you get sick of it. I guess. Oh, sure. Does the the main character never leave a seat? This is just (laughs) the worst game. I don't know, but like it it translates, you know, like there is there is a translation there. So you know, whatever. Like, no, I think it translates. Do it better. You know, I'm not saying I'm excited for what these movies could be, but like, sure, why not? So you guys, you you guys probably know the Bloomhouse style more than me. Like, what other movies has he made? Well, I, uh, I love The Invisible Man. Invisible Man oh, was excellent. The Elizabeth yeah. Moss one? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, fantastic. This is twice this week that movie has come up in discussions for me. I love it. I, I feel like it didn't get its its due. I thought it was amazing. It was excellent. Well, I got to tell you, that'd be a real cheap asset to produce for that game. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> He's in T-pose the whole time and no one can tell. <laughs> no one can tell. Just I an mean, amazing physics engine. I mean, honestly, and this is kind of not, not, not necessarily exactly the same thing, but like, Give me an X Files style show of control. There you go. Sure. Like, okay. Yeah, you know, yeah, like yeah. Th- there's there's ways to do this, and you know, I'm not the first person to say this by any means, but especially after the Mario movie and Last of Us, like, be prepared for the wave of these things that are going to get adapted. You know, like it's it's coming. Yeah, and and and, and I think Blumhouse did the Halloween remake, so I think you probably saw one or two of those, Maddie. The first one of those was very good. Oh, I love. <laughs> the first two. Oh my god that third oh, I, one I, i'm gonna I, be honest i cannot stand the, the second one but i did I enjoy the it. third it ends with right. magic being real and everything you wanted fucking michael myers to be and the freddy third one's dies like, tonight <laughs> I, I no problem with it none hmm. freddy fosbear dies tonight. i know but those are like the nuke the fridge and lay a flying thing it's like one youtuber's distaste for something becomes the world's criticism of it <laughs> Don't I mean, care for it. <laughs> it was my thought as I watched it. I'm I know, not uh, just I, latching on to what the angry video game nerd says. It wasn't an elegant way to say, like, there's going to be a riot in this town. Why shouldn't sure. Michael Myers cause a riot in this town? That's a fucking sure. great premise. I don't yeah. care if they chanted yeah. something you thought was cheesy. Yeah. Oh, and I'm not, I, don't actually, I don't actually have an issue with the chant. I just, I just didn't care for what that movie but, was trying to do. Personally. But to, to go from, like, the, the glory of Michael Myers kills this entire town to... Uh, like oh he let's make a, a medi- and possesses a guy yeah, a meditation <laughs> about radicalization of young men in America they, it's really it's a parable and uh, it's like it was a little less satisfying you talk about that movie all day and they also m- tried it opens with Halloween three season the witch style credits mm-hmm. true meaning it was trying to evoke like yeah this yeah. isn't like the other ones man like that's not a good idea. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, though. Don't hey, like the it. common denominator here, though, is that first movie, which we all agree very good. is awesome. So very, there you go. Um, and, you know, that's probably what a Dead by Daylight would kind of be, you know? Yeah. Yeah, what uh, Sarah Connor takes on uh, whatever the fuck the Dead by Daylighters are. Mm-hmm. Dead by Daylighters? That's what the kids call them, right? Sure. Yeah, sure, why not? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's all about Sarah Connor fighting Pyramid Head. Make that movie. <laughs> Nicholas Cage could be Pyramid Head. I'm going to jump forward to another horror story. I represent related, your guilt. Related horror story. Um, the uh, Friday the 13th game, as you guys may or may not remember, is being delisted soon. Mm-hmm. 
but now is the time to start playing if you never have, because as part of the delisting, the developer has been so kind as to basically unlock everything for all players. So like stuff that you would normally have to earn over Grind time with a ton of XP and stuff, like legendary perks and all that. You could just they're just like, you yeah, know what, just fucking have fun. Some of that stuff just yeah. paid stuff. Honestly, so, great yeah. move. Give me like, all the Jason. Great move. It's it, yeah. it's a great move, but there, there's still that little sting as me as an old gamer, like, oh, yeah, none of this stuff was worth any money to begin with. <laughs> <laughs> well, sure. <laughs> Fuck. But but it's still it's still a nice way to send off the fucking game. We just, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. on 30 2010, we talked about Star Wars Galaxies, and I was there for the end of that game. And that game was just like, here's everything. And we're also going to yeah. do shit that's not possible because it's ending. This game, and- though, is just fascinating because it's had such an arc. Like, it, mm-hmm. it it launched with kind of middling reviews, had a huge redemption arc. Like, they added stuff. People eventually grew to love that game, kind of had a cult following. And it somehow got tied up in a lot of this court back and forth yep. stuff. Like, with the, with the actually who owns no, the that Friday was, the 13th. I, I think that was the end of it because it was still being played pretty decently. And because of the lawsuit and... Again, it's one of those lawsuits, if you like pop culture, it's one of those things to pay attention to. Uh, when do the rights revert back to the original creator? Who is the original creator? It's fascinating to watch mm-hmm. this trial unfold. Yep. So, and and uh, I think that resulted in, they, I don't think they have dedicated service for the game. You can still buy the game through the end of this year. So through mm-hmm. December 31st, then it's delisted. And what they said is you can most likely continue to play it into 2024 i guess that's through private servers or whatever so like it it'll still exist in some form and in the meantime you got plenty of time it's everything's unlocked go go they're, have fun they're making it's a another game based game. on it's a really horror fun. franchise i forget which one though <laughs> well they, they've done a few kind of similar games i think this studio gun interactive has yeah, done a few of predator those the, the the playstation one everyone forgot about there was mm-hmm. the evil did they do the evil dead game no i don't think so or? okay okay so there have been a few uh, I don't want to say copy. There's a Killer games, Clowns but... one coming, and that's the only one that matters. Oh, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> if I don't get to drink blood through a silly straw, what are, what are we even doing in that game? So, But, uh, yeah, so go go play that now. Uh, it is it is available. It's a great and everything game. I own it on numerous platforms. Don't regret any cent I've ever put in that game. So. Yeah, it's pretty Try great. it before it's gone. Oh, they did All the right. Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Oh, no, that, that, yeah, that is what they're working on. Yeah, yeah, yeah so they're yeah, working yeah. on Ch- Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Nice. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Um, this is kind of an interesting. So we've always, over the years, speculated like why? Why isn't there another F Zero? Like that one just seems to be sitting there. Um, mm. You know, it's, even Metroid has because had interest. If they in make that time. a sequel, it'll be F One. Well, so th- <laughs> there was a there was a, an ex developer. He was an artist who worked on the game, and he's a, actually the designer of Captain Falcon. Mm. Uh, Takaya Imamura implied that the game wouldn't be worth the risk for Nintendo to make. Um, and this is an interview with with VGC. He said, uh, because Mario Kart does so well. So basically Mario Kart killed F-Zero. Where Nintendo's I, like, I know, yeah, that was the, the headline. But they said it a long time ago. I think even Miyamoto himself. Like, the F-Zero evolution was to make the game exponentially harder. And the sales went exponentially lower. Mario mm-hmm. Kart sales rose drastically. And I think, like, the interest in... Where do you take an F-Zero as opposed if you're also developing simultaneously a Mario Kart? Mm-hmm. Do you make it harder? How many re- how many next-gen resources do you pour into a game that's going to guarantee to sell less than your other racing game? And yeah. th- that was never said. This guy said it. But well, he, he also said this one, would if they made a new one, 
he's like that will be super expensive to make. Yeah. Uh, so it's a, it's a much higher risk. One other interesting tidbit, he says the reason he thinks things like Star Fox, which may, you know may, may oh, not that was sell funny. that well. He's like the reason Star Fox might get made is because Miyamoto himself he is just it. affectionate about Star Fox. And he, like he I, likes I the think character. He, he may have said he never liked F Zero. Okay, hmm. well there you go. And and, and uh, I, I could like I, I could be projecting on that, but he made it. But F Zero did become like progressively harder, and that's the kind of game Nintendo doesn't make. Period. Yeah, I I don't know that I want it, like an HD Battletoads. Uh, what do you call it? Uh, tunnel, you know, like wind tunnel of a racing game. I don't want that. It would be interesting. I think if anybody comes up with an interesting idea, Nintendo might follow through on that. But yeah, like there's all those things in a Mario Kart game you don't have to worry about in an F-Zero game, like realism, violence. Uh, Mario Kart looks ridiculous and everyone accepts it. It's wonderful. Mm-hmm. It's a wonderful. There's also F Zero stuff now in Mario Kart with the DLCs. That's so what like, I think yeah. they should do. There should be a, a class, an F Zero class of Mario oh, Kart. Mm. There you go. Do yes. like a final fight with Street Fighter. Like it's yeah. still here, but it'll never get its own game. Sam. Yeah, I mean, listen, it's hard enough to it's hard enough to innovate Mario Kart. How are you going to innovate yes. your your lesser racing franchise? You know, even Wipeout gave up, gave up years ago. I want I want an F Zero game where you hover. And defy gravity and colorful levels in space, like well, Mario Kart's doing that right now. Put it on 200 CC, and it feels a lot yeah. like F Zero. Have you, you know? tried the Rainbow Road, sir? It's the place I, I, where you go again, when you die. But fold that <laughs> in, like you unlock if you're really badass in the single player Mario Kart. That is your 200 CC. It is F Zero. It is mm-hmm. their music. It is uh, those types of ships. You can pop your little Mushroom Kingdom heads out of all you want. Do that. F Zero should be the next. Uh, you know, they made a little the Mario Kart Live with the little RC cars. Yeah. They should do that with F Zero next, just because I want to see all the lawsuits. <laughs> right? Yeah. My child they actually, tunneled they, through they our kitchen wall. My kid doesn't it'll, have yeah, a heel just, anymore. Like, <laughs> take off people's <laughs> limbs as it goes by. It's awesome. It's gonna be sweet. The dog is dead. <laughs> <laughs> I somebody sent their F Zero cart racer into the legs of precious pegasus and now my horse is injured <laughs> falcon punch <laughs> oh horse goes flying into the sky disappears in a little glint nay <laughs> Ding. that horse returned to its home planet mm-hmm. All right, so uh, your son what? jettisoned my horse. <laughs> so so we're, much we're... Horse, horse violence in this episode. Put a warning on it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is what you get when I'm back, baby. Horse violence. Horse violence. <laughs> warning. Horse violence. Right, Pirate right. sensuality. So you're not. We're not getting any new F Zero. Just like we're apparently in the U.S., we're never getting this Nintendo Switch subscription repair service. What uh, is so this? this yeah, I don't this know was what a this Japan is. only service that Nintendo just, offered. It was they like ended it, right? It, well, they they just ended it, okay. and it, it only co- it, it was like a buck fifty to you know uh, a month. So it was like two hundred yen a month. And what it did, it it enabled you to send in your Switch for up to six repairs a year. Um, and people were obviously mostly taking advantage of that for the Joy-Con drift issues that have mm. sort of plagued the Switch since since it launched. I right? have not had a Joy-Con. I bought. I bought uh, three, and they've all succumbed to it, all of them. I've I've only had to send in one Joy-Con for repair, and to their credit, it was free. 
So that's mm-hmm. the thing is they kind of had a limited thing of like, hey, send in your Joy-Con. We'll, we'll fix it for free. So you didn't need this subscription Even service. Even though it's but guaranteed this, to happen again. But, but this thing is like a, you know, like an Apple care protection right, right, plan right. or whatever just for your Switch. But it's canceled. Now, people I think are, are kind of reading into this to mean like, hey, maybe that was costing Nintendo too much money. I sort of wonder like, is this just them prepping for maybe something coming after the That's Switch? That's the, spe- the speculation. But also hmm. like... Nintendo hardware, notoriously what would you, resilient. Like the Joy-Con drift was a weird thing. Pretty uh, reliable, like, reliable and resilient. Yeah, it's, yeah. Even um, if you have a Wii, a Wii controller and a sensor bar, always works. Still works exactly as it did the second it came out of the box. I mean, uh, the GameCube is built like a tank and will yeah. just apparently always work. And, and I, I, the only Nintendo system I have that I bought when it came out that doesn't work is the N64, and it's a weird issue. I can't. It's not a thing. It's not a, a red ring of death kind of thing. Um, yeah, I, I don't. I've never had Nintendo hardware break on me. My Nintendo Switch is slow as hell, and I don't know. This barely counts as a news story because there's all these like clickbaity Switch Two things. But the the thing I thought was the funniest. Did you read the one about the uh, guy going through airport security and he's like, uh, "We flagged an odd device in your box," and like, "I demand a private security <laughs> screening," oh. and and the T. Uh, Allegedly, the TSA guy posted this in like Reddit or Twitter, and like it, I couldn't tell what it was, but it came with a weird controller. I'm like, how is it weird? It had this on it: your mouse scroll wheel, huh? Uh, mm. Embedded on two sides, and he checked, and he worked at Nintendo. <laughs> I was and so I, curious what the hell you were doing there, because like the sound I held really up my mouse to the mic. mic. Did that work? <laughs> It looked like you were making vampire fangs on, like, the controller yeah. had teeth. Oh. <laughs> 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 I play my video <laughs> game. Yeah. Yes. No one gives two fuck for Switch right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, no, no. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, but, like, you, you, but we, we've been talking about a, lot, a lot about controls and, like, wow, that would be pretty decent, like a, a scroll wheel on a controller. What is the Steam Deck? Does the Steam Deck have the touchpad thing that the old yeah. Steam controllers used to have? So, like, Yeah, I think it does. It makes sense if you're going to have a handheld form factor to have some unique way to control it, you know? like Even, yeah. like, but, like, Final Fantasy 16 doesn't have, like, a crazy inventory system, but it's still, like, it still kind of sucks to, like, push down to get to the end of this and then get to where you don't want to be a scroll wheel sure. is nice and sure. accurate. And, ah. I, I think, you know, the reason, again, people, like, there might be some speculation this is related to the next system. So, Chris, you mentioned that rumor. But even, but we covered it last week, that whole news story about, like, they're, the heads of Nintendo are already talking about, like, how they're going to use Nintendo accounts to bridge to the next generation. Yeah. So it's like, okay, well, they've, they've there's definitely a thing that they're talking about prepping people for. And they're... You know, slowly doing, making moves like this. It's just like, okay, uh, something, it's, going it's on. awesome because yeah. they're in a position where, like, the Switch sold more with Zelda than it had in like the last two years, mm-hmm. and they don't need necessarily to put up, but to announce a new system this year. But it, the coolest thing about it, and this is just me speculating, me making a prediction, there isn't that much of a need for a new Switch. So when they announce it, it'll come out fast. We'll have heard a bunch of leaks about it, like. Boom, Switch. It's announced in May. It's out in October. What I find encouraging is like any of these news stories on their own, I'd be like, yeah, whatever. It's when they all start hitting at yeah, the same cool, time like mm-hmm. this. It's like, okay, this is getting When exciting. Nintendo is talking about the future and not minding its past. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's, yes. 
that's when you know something new is coming and something new must be in the works. I just have to wait for it to be nighttime. <laughs> Blah. Quick follow up to our, our, you know, we had that long story last week about all the trial, the Microsoft and, and uh, Activision mm-hmm. trial. And some more tidbits came out later in the week, just like we thought they would. And one, one of which was Microsoft. They're speculating that there's going to be a PS5 Pro model coming soon, right? Which is like, they're not just guessing and pulling shit out of thin air, right? Like Microsoft, like the way this stuff works is like they, you know, they hear rumors. They're probably talking I mean, to you have, you have similar to suppliers. Like a, hey, we want a million Xbox Series Xs by Christmas. Hey, we can't do that. Why? And someone lets it slip. There's a PS5 Pro right. coming. That's the thing. Is having... they, they talk to the same suppliers in China or whatever who make a lot of these parts. Like that's how they hear about this stuff, right? We're all at a thermal pace, and they say it like thermal, like rhymes with normal. Thermal yeah. pace. That's how they pronounce it in China. <laughs> I don't know about you guys, but like, we we've talked many many times on the show about how like it still feels like the beginning of this current generation, just because of the whole supply yeah. chain issues. And like, mm-hmm. I think I personally would be kind of pissed if a pro system came yeah, out it's, anytime it's soon. Kind of like the what Nvidia is doing with like the the forty series graphics cards. It's just like I went through hell to get a thirty series. What seems like a year or two ago, it was like three years ago. But mm-hmm. still, it's like it's a little too soon. Not enough people have the thing you were selling in twenty twenty for you to introduce a new thing for them to chase yeah. after. That, that's that's how I would feel too. At the same time, like. If they were able to promise 4K and 60 frames in every and, game. And RTX, I'd, absolutely. Yeah, I, I would get I, it. Did I, did I yell about that a lot last week? Like, Probably. that's what shows you we're not even in a proper next gen. We're still in, like, a weird PS4 Pro Pro era that, like, really? We're still, like, we Final Fantasy makes me choose between resolution and, and frame rate, like, usually when a new console comes out, it's something I didn't know I, I needed or wanted. Uh, that we're sitting here like God, this sucks having to choose between those all the time, all the time, not all the time. Like uh, most, uh, many games don't make you choose between 4K and. I think frames I think game. Final Fantasy 16 though is the first time in recent memory where I've just kept it on quality over frame rate. The frame rate didn't feel as noticeable as other that, games that to is, me. You should. Wait, you you but, didn't you say on last week's show that you kept it on quality the whole time? Like no, of- I, I kept it on quality because I hated the motion blur. But then every model looked fucking terrible, terrible. I, I, and if I didn't say it then, what I meant to say was, can you just revert to quality when I'm in a cutscene, and then when I'm in the game, go to uh, uh, frame, frame rate? rate? Mm-hmm. Yeah, is it like, is it the Spider-Man PC game that did that? I want to say there was some. One of those Sony exclusive that, that came to PC started to do that. They started to give you like in between options like that. Where so Miles good. Miles Morales and then the Spidey remaster. They yeah, and, and then the Ratchet of. and Clank game. They they introduced sort of a third option, which is right. You can you can do 4K 60 with no RTX, and they 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 had a couple different additional options that felt much more like a PC. Where you're like, okay, now I, I feel like I am picking and choosing the features I want to keep on that. Cause I yeah. personally, a lot of that shit, like quality mode wise, I barely even see it. You know, I, I'm playing yeah. on like a mm-hmm. 50 inch screen or whatever. It's like, yeah, whatever. I, I, I don't and see when the game is in motion, I just yeah. want to make sure yeah. it stays in smooth motion, you yeah. know? Yeah. Yeah. But it, I mean, it would be nice though to not have to make that choice. So, sure. uh, yeah, you know, I'd probably upgrade. <laughs> I'd be really pissed about it though. Yeah. I'd be really yeah, upset. I, I would write I a that too soon, guys. But yes, give the, me the thing. 
Yes. From the moment I bought my awful first PS5 and then flipped it to uh, uh, help pay me and my girlfriend's fucking health care, which was like an insane boon back when the PS5 was still selling for a shitload. Mm-hmm. Uh, but my first PS5 was awful. It overheated all the time. It, it, it had to reboot in safety mode like every time I played it. The, the, the new one I have doesn't. But it, like I never wanted... I don't remember opening a new console and like it's been three days and like God, I hope they come out with a pro version. <laughs> well, the PS Five especially had a lot of problems at launch that have since yeah. been ironed out with firmware updates. Yeah, mm-hmm. so yeah, I think the other rumor or the other thing that Microsoft's thinking is going to happen is that Sony's going to launch like a PS Five Slim at a lower mm-hmm. price point, like a four hundred dollar price point, which is like, remind me. Is the digital only PS5? Is that four fifty or four hundred? It's like fifty bucks cheaper. I thought. Yeah, I thought it was four hundred. Okay, so I'm wondering though, if you do a PS5 Slim, is it a disc drive version, just in a slimmer form factor? That's four hundred, because or is it literally just a smaller digital only? For four hundred, which is like, who cares? Like, I don't, I don't know, because there was talks you... about the removable disc drive as well, the like USB C powered one. Wow! Right, that'd, right. that'd be something because that worked I, really I, well yes. for me in my Xbox 360 HD DVD drive. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it still, came with King have. Kong. Why are you still having for some reason? If you want us, if you want me to buy uh, uh, an uh, an intergenerational PlayStation model, what I'm going to need, Sony, is the Too Soon bundle, mm. and that is a PS5 Pro. And the upgraded version of Six Days in Fallujah. That, and, and then we're in business. Yeah, there it is. Need an ambassador pack. Give me Wario Land. And, uh, oh, now with ambassador. new wars. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're going back. Uh, we can, we, we know right. we'll all buy this hardware anyway. Anyway, that's all mm-hmm. the news that's fit to play. All right. Mm-hmm. Well, let's move on to the community segment, which is always a segmenting the community. Um, last week's question of the week, as you might remember, was what's your most anticipated game of the of the next six months? Uh, Tony, you weren't here last week. Do you have an answer? Yeah. So, I mean, I just keep a running doc throughout the year, so I, mm-hmm. I always have answers as far as what I'm looking forward to. But uh, just off the top of my head, um, sea of Stars looks like a lot of fun. It's the the RPG. Uh, it's coming out that looks very. Um, uh, oh, I'm, I'm trying. I'm struggling to come up with a comparison, but it's. Uh, it looks real good. Check that out. <laughs> um, that looks real good. Mario Wonder. I. I cannot believe a Mario game looks like that. I'm so excited mm. to play it. Um, but the one very weird. Yeah, uh, Elephant Mario. Let's do it. Um, but. Yeah. The one for me that that it just I I am so excited is a new WarioWare. WarioWare is one of my absolute favorite series. I love when the, it works. When it, yeah, I, I mean, there's first, only been one or two that arguably didn't. You know, yeah, I mean, like like every once I was sorry, we were reading something about like ten years ago. One of the the Wario Wii U game, like it was supposed. Oh yeah, to be Game a and Wario. Demo. Yeah, Game and Wario is and, is the and they is changed the bad it one. into a Wario game. Yeah. and like it's not very satisfying. When you said that, that is immediately what came to mind. So, like, yeah, WarioWare, uh, Game and Wario, not great. WarioWare Gold is really just more of a compilation than anything else. Mm-hmm. So that didn't do as much. But this one looks. The I Switch mean, one was great. The Gold? Oh, or, or I'm sorry, not 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 Gold. Uh, what is it called? Something. Get it together. Know. Get it together. Get That's it. what it's called. Which is is more. It it was kind of more of a compilation, uh, really. Um, but or at least in my point of view that's what it was but this one it's looking a lot like uh oh what uh smooth moves 
which is mm-hmm. one of the best. Just mm-hmm. in a party environment, looks so much fun. The the glimpse of multiplayer we got looks so much fun. Um, yeah, I'm very excited. I love that series, and this looks like it's going to be a good one. That was not an answer I would have ever expected. So I'm glad. You cool. Did. In general, or for me? No, just in general. Just because. But like WarioWare, the first one is like weirdly one of the games I've completed like maybe 20, 30 times. It's not particularly long. Well, what happens? It gets faster every time he completes it too. It's just oh, that's true. Yeah, he goes up another floor on the elevator with like mm-hmm. little pigs, mm-hmm. and they get faster. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hey, come on. <laughs> my, I don't know what Jimmy says when he loses a minigame, but my brother and I always thought he was saying Ramon. <laughs> I don't know who Ramon is, but he, J- Jimmy's getting real bummed out about oh, him. Ramon. Yeah, and just every time. Uh, Ramon. <laughs> this brother who died in the war, Ramon. Yeah, and, and for the love of, like... All that is holy Nintendo. Put Waluigi and WarioWare. Just do it mm. already. Yeah, what's the deal with that? There's like, there's like three. Is he like exclusive like... to Camelot games or something? I don't kind know. Of, yes. I don't know if. Here's the thing. Waluigi doesn't know what Waluigi is, and that's what makes him beautiful. All right, he is a. He's just a a a, a nebulous, like oxymoron. A thing that should not exist, and yet does, and so therefore it needs to be treasured. I feel like you're describing me right now. <laughs> I'd honestly rather have him, like, fill in the shoes of the old Wario games. Like, let him have the weird platformers, like, Waluigi sure. shake it or sure. whatever, and just let Wario have the WarioWare games. And yeah. give him a, a purpose for existing other than kart racers and tennis games. Yeah. Well, there Please. was this, this really cool look, and I don't know what the status is on it right now. There was this really cool... Waluigi pirate game that was that was uh being it got C and D because it was a you know fan project but mm. it was like a a link to the past looking game but you were a you were Waluigi and it was like pirate themed and wow. it's still I don't know its development status now but I do know they basically ditched the Wario or the Waluigi branding when they got seasoned assisted mm. and it's called Sea of Greed you can look it up so I don't know where its status is at right cool. now but it still looks like an awful lot of fun so like there's Sounds love for familiar. Waluigi out there, and the only, like, prominent role he's really ever gotten is he's the villain of, like, Dance Dance Revolution Mario Mix or something like that. Like, he is wow. the core villain of one of those, and that's it. So, like, just put him in WarioWare. Come on, guys. Just come on. Make his, I don't know, make it, make his make his games, like, trying to stay 500 feet for the playground or something, you know? Like, like just put him in there. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, hey, come on. First answer on VigiGamePocalypse.com was a man riding a woman riding a motorbike who says, there's any number of great looking upcoming games I could list that could provide a sublime experience, but will probably end up joining the untouched library instead. (laughs) The game I'm looking forward to that will almost certainly play, I will almost certainly play the most is WarioWare. Move Uh-oh. it. I've Ramon. N- I've never played a WarioWare game, but the frenetic multiplayer action looks like something my preliterate kids would enjoy doing together. In fact, after seeing that game in the Nintendo Direct, I was inspired to pick up Mario Party Superstars to play with them, which turned oh. into some of the most fun I've had in gaming all year, and I'm looking forward to continuing that trend. That's mm. cute. Mm. Yep. Uh, uh, wow, you anticipated you, Tony. Uh, Super Nintendo 64U, uh, colon, Wii Cube, Switch Ness. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Why? Uh, 
Uh, though I started out gaming in the late 80s, RPGs never held any allure until they got Mario involved. I rented Super Mario RPG multiple times until I finally got it for a birthday present and have played through it every couple of years since. I cannot tell you how many times I would wish uh, with my gamer friends in high school for a true Super Mario RPG sequel. But alas, all we ever got was Paper Mario and the Mario and Luigi games. What do you mean all we ever got? I know. He says, which were okay in my opinion. And my parenthetical, like, those are all really great <laughs> Those games. are the rest of the games. <laughs> uh, and, 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 and successors to this, but, like, it would be nice to play. Anyway. Uh, if this is the closest we'll ever get to a sequel to this bespoke merger of Square and Nintendo properties, I'll take it. Definitely, uh, by great lengths, my most anticipated game of the second half of the year. And I'm also a big fan of the Pikmin series, so that says something. <laughs> I, if I didn't say it last week, um, we, we sort of talked about like how far the Final Fantasy series has come, and you know, people are debating what is a Final Fantasy game. This same year, you'll be able to play Final Fantasy 16 and Super Mario RPG, and like, just remember, those were the same game. <laughs> those were the same genres <laughs> back in the day. They were that's what they were supposed to be. That's how far Final Fantasy yeah. has come. Mm-hmm. And by the way, um, Final Fantasy 16 has all the Final Fantasy trappings, but now is not the time for that discussion. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's see, E Hyundai says, The same game I've been looking forward to since its early access launched in 2020, Baldur's Gate 3. The fact that it's roughly a month away from release is unreal to me. I've put over 300 hours, wow, into the very limited early access, and its full release will be the final nail in the coffin of my social life. I am a massive D&D nerd, and have spent the last year DMing the adventure module Baldur's Gate, Descent into Avernus, with my friends in anticipation. I try not to get hyped or pre-order games these days, but I feel like I've already gotten my money's worth, having only experienced a fraction of the final product. I, I would say yes, three hundred hours. You have gotten your money's yeah. worth, sir. Good, good call on that too. I don't, I don't know. I, I don't think I've ever talked about it on this podcast. I've been part of a D and D like actual play stream for almost seven years now. So I too am a big D and D nerd. I, uh, I hope call. the adventure module DMs him back because I don't know what he meant by DMing. <laughs> wow, I really took this wow. to the hold. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, from Sorry. the Laser Time community on Facebook, Alex Crowley says, I wish I had a cool explanation, but I cannot wait for Alan Wake 2. I finally got around to playing the first one back when the Twin Peaks revival was happening, and I started mm. watching the show. Uh, yeah, nice, nice. Yeah. I will be playing that myself for the first time pretty soon, because it is a, a PS Plus uh, thing for July. Ooh. Alan Wake 2 is? No, Alan Wake uh, Oh, the, the remaster. Hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I'll finally play it for the first time. I love Control, but uh, mm-hmm. Alan Wake didn't click when I first tried it some years ago, so let's do it. Well, maybe yeah, he ran out of batteries. batteries. <laughs> that's, a, that's an Energizer battery. Ramon. Mm-hmm. Ramon. <laughs> I can't find my thermos, and I had to get to the lighthouse. <laughs> Couldn't get uh, to the lighthouse until I collected all the thermoses. Uh, I know you're making fun of Alan Wake, but it sounds like you're quoting Venture Brothers. <laughs> I, it's only because the Midwestern flair on that. He also Alan sounded Wake a little bit like the Indiana Jones Adventure game when he did that. So, uh, I have to find the thermoses. <laughs> Well, this thermos won't work there. Um, <laughs> I don't have any more room in my thermos. Uh, Tom Pollock says Starfield because I love Bethesda RPGs. But after that, Avatar Frontiers of Pandora. Big oh, Avatar yeah. fan. I saw Way of Water over 20 times what? in theaters, Chris. Wow. What? And I really... What? 
I really dig a chance to explore Pandora more in a Far Cry-like game with a customized Navi and Ikran. I want to play this game so much, I became a GameStop Pro member just to pre-order the Collector's Edition. Okay. So this is where I knew this is a fake, this is a troll, but first yes, of all, I... no one sees any movie 20 times in no, theater, no. let alone this Not Avatar. a three and a half hour movie. But I could have bought that. But when you said you became a GameStop Pro member, that's when I knew you were lying. To all <laughs> right. of us. Like I don't, I don't, I don't know what what service, what 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 fucking TikTok thing is trolling us here and making fun of us. But we don't know about it, so you go ahead. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's pretty cool that James Cameron himself listens to your podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Although I, I do have to be honest with you guys, I keep getting these emails like telling me I should subscribe to games. There's like a new GameStop Pro apparently, and I'm like, it actually seems like a pretty good deal. It's it, by the way. Uh, take my advice do what I say Walmart Plus is the shit if you live near a Walmart like you will you will get your money's worth within a month anyway hmm. yeah what what's streaming on Walmart Plus these days you, get a, you get a Peacock su- subscription with your Walmart or no it no, might be Paramount, Paramount Plus. Plus you get you get one of those subscription services for free <gasps> anyway they didn't pay us so I'm not advocating for Walmart no, it's Plus Walcock it's Plus. a mountain of content Tony <laughs> <laughs> Some of the worst shows I've ever seen are. are yeah. What, what if they Plus. did pay us? It's like, oh, we noticed you mentioned Walmart a lot on your shows, Chris. <laughs> yeah, but only the steel. <laughs> That's my point. <laughs> they, it wouldn't, they wouldn't give us money. They'd give us an invoice. <laughs> uh, <laughs> J. Alberto Peñero says the easy answer is Spider-Man 2. That was my answer as well. Uh, but my real answer is Pokemon's Scarlet and Violet DLC, uh, AC Mirage, and SMB Wonder will be day one purchases. Uh, two, I am mostly curious about the new areas, story, and the Pokemon DLC. Hmm. I nice. sorry, I was not the most enthusiastic person to read. Hey, t- so far, two of my three picks are in this list: Super Mario Wonder, mm. right on, and oh, I. Yeah. The third's coming up. <laughs> Super Mario Neater. Hmm. Uh, let's see. Vincent Goodwin says, "Mortal Kombat One." Ever s- this is where this is why I chose this answer. Ever since I played MK9 on the Vita, <laughs> what <Wow>. I've <laughs> had a blast with the fighting mechanics and the characters, especially Johnny Cage. Please tell me that's not your first exposure to Mortal Kombat. Was on I've, that you know all the platforms to play it no. on. Vincent Goodwin, you get a prize because you are the first human being to write the sentence ever since I played Mortal Kombat 9 on the Vita. Congratulations. <laughs> yeah. I, I prefer the Vita version is how we know you're an alien and we execute you immediately. <laughs> ever since I played Mortal Kombat 9 on the Vita 20 times in the theater. <laughs> there are a few Mortal Kombat characters I'd like to give a back touch to if you know what I mean. Mm. Johnny Cage. Mm. <laughs> uh, and from Twitter, Josh Nelson says, absolutely most excited for Sea of Stars. And they go on to explain it a lot better than I did, so here you go. It looks like the ultimate love letter to Chrono Trigger, my goat. Even the return of Mitsuda for the OST, I cannot be more excited by it. My other is Legend of Heroes Trails into Reverie, feels like the JRPG equivalent of Endgame. Okay, new question of the week. In honor of our indie-themed top five, what is your favorite uh movie game movie to game adaptation i know that you know they they suck but there's some good ones out there or they're they're supposed to suck that's the reputation but there are definitely good ones out there and i think everyone has a favorite i think my enduring favorite is probably spider-man 2 the uh game that's 
nominally about the events of the Sam Raimi movie, but uh, just kind of goes all over the map and I think spins a more compelling story around, like, you know, what the characters are doing when the camera's off them. And there's, like, this whole plot line about Black Cat, who's honestly a much more compelling love interest for Peter Parker than uh, Kirsten Dunst's Mary Jane. Uh, there's this whole thing with Mysterio where he keeps setting up all these elaborate death traps for you. And then at the end, he runs out of money. And so you catch him robbing a convenience store. And it's one of my all time favorite moments in any game. Uh, mm. but yeah, it's, it's a fantastic game. I thought, I felt like it set a high bar for what movie games could be. And i very few of them have reached those heights since. Sure. So I I could kind of cheat and have games sort of related to movies. Like I could say Chronicles of Riddick, Escape from Butcher Bay, which is amazing. Right. Oh yeah. But yeah. I'm, I'm gonna go actual movie adaptation game, and I'm gonna give you multi. I'm gonna give you nine movies. Uh, Lego Star Wars: The Skywalker Saga is mm. fucking epic. It's amazing, and it it successfully manages to cover nine movies, nine Star Wars movies, and and do it really well. Um, well, and it also was being an open-world game, like, that yeah. has the entire Star Wars universe, sort of. Right. There's so much to do in that game, so much fan service. It was one of my favorite games of last year. It is the best... It's the best Lego game, sure. I'll say that. It, it's mm-hmm. it's amazing. Um, I mean, I really I'm assuming it. it doesn't include Clone Wars, because io9 told me that that happens after Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, no, no Clone Wars. No. <laughs> Movies. Is there a Star Wars? Is there a Lego Clone Wars stuff at all? I believe there Actually, is. Actually, now yeah, that I think about it. Are. Okay. Yeah, there is. There definitely is. Um, mine, like, I'm trying to be, and I don't, I want to open it up. You, uh, listeners, say whatever you want, but like, I want to say something like Die Hard Arcade, but that's not fair. That didn't come out with in conjunction with any Die Hard movie. It's just a great collection of diehard-based games. When I was playing something for a, a video feature I was doing, I was shocked. Uh, it, like, uh, Alien Insurrection came to mind, a great forgotten DS, DS game. Mm. But the Stargate game Ooh. is very good. What? Really? <laughs> yes! It is, like, it's surprisingly What's that for, good. GBA or? Uh, Super huh? Nintendo. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Super Nintendo and Genesis, uh, but I mean, you know, you know me, I wouldn't spit on the Genesis version. Uh, Aren't you a Saturn uh, guy? I'm a <laughs> Saturn man. Back then, I'm saying, but I, I was shocked. Like, oh my god, the degrees from which I can shoot, the amount of platforming here, the violence, the the uh, just like the, Stargate, the, the, the movie. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. I, I feel like I have a Fox boner here, but like uh, the the. the uh, does that Liquidity mean a boner for this... Fox, or is it like weird and hairy? I know I it was like a Fox Mulder like, adaptation. Like, like I am Fox years from now, now that it doesn't exist. <laughs> Who ordered like, pizza? Talking about the news channel. I want to believe. <laughs> oh well, to be fair, most of our grandparents and parents have Fox boners in that mm-hmm. case. That's yeah. true. That's but 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 like I, I was shocked by that because Stargate's a franchise I don't care about in the slightest. But the Super Nintendo game is surprisingly fun, and I was playing it for. It, it, I know Michael and I, it's happened to us when, like, we're just trying to capture, like, 45 seconds of video footage and, like, I can't stop playing this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is very fun. Yeah. Uh, and, and I was shocked by that. It's not, it, it wasn't my favorite back then. It was something I discovered, well, maybe, maybe 10 years ago. But, like, yeah, it, it's worthy of praise. Good game. Yeah. 
Um, all right. Well, I think mine's going to be even more of a curveball. Are you ready for this? Sure. Ready. Uh, ready. It is my go-to answer every time because it is another game that is surprisingly competent and very enjoyable. And that is Piglet's Big Movie Game. What? Really? <laughs> what? Yes. Tell me everything. Okay. So the setup is that Piglet is trying to make all his friends feel better. So Psychonaut style, he is going eat into each of their nightmares to help them oh, feel so better. And the gameplay within each nightmare, first of all, is like Metal Gear style, avoid the heffalumps and woozles, while simultaneously (laughs) doing a point and click kind of thing where it's like, okay, I got to light the candle in the library, but I can't do that without the the oil lamp. So I have to go to here to get it's literally like, 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 I mean, point and click adventures, the way I would describe it in terms of like the puzzles you're solving, those kind of mechanics, like key item finding mechanics with like fixed camera angle, enemy avoidance within the nightmares of the residents of the Hundred Acre Wood. Uh, like, it is a surprisingly engaging game. I love to hear that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We, had to do some, we were talking about something on 302010, and before the Marvel Star Wars acquisition, and even with some of that, uh, Winnie the Pooh has had more theatrical releases from the Disney company than any other property of all time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and 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 this was uh, in conjunction with one uh, Pig, Piglet's big movie, and yeah. they made they yeah. made a game that's like not based on the movie at all, it just coincided with the movie. Very neat, hmm. very neat. Yeah, it's it's an excellent game. Like truly, um, oh yeah, and like the oh man, there's even like there, there's like a it's not necessarily turn based, but there's like a, they're like combat mechanics. Like, you have to react to what the Heavilumps and Woozles do to, like, stay brave and not get scared. It's, like, yeah. It's 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 special. Like, it's truly, like, I could not believe how fun it was when I was playing it. And this, like, when I was, like, a no, kid. No, play, piggy, this is a PS2 release. So I was a, ki- I was a kid who should be, like, this game is for babies. <laughs> truly enjoying myself playing this game. So, uh, yeah, big recommend. All right. <laughs> All right, what, so what is your favorite movie-based game? Let us know. Go to videogamepocalypse.com. Answer under the comments for episode 531. Alternately, you can hit us at the official Laser Time community on Facebook. There'll be a thread there where you can answer or ping us on Twitter at VG Apocalypse. And uh, we will read the answers on next week's show. Anyway, that's been our show. Let's call it some plugs. Once again, Tony, thanks so much for being on the show and for staying so late with us. Uh, Where can people see more of your work? Hey, yeah, thanks so much for having me on. You know, I love coming by. Um, Yeah, so I run a a video essay channel called Framework. You can find it at youtube.com slash framework video. I do uh, critical essays about games you already love, but I try to approach them with sort of a different uh, angle than maybe you're thinking of. Um, I recently did one about Indiana Jones and the Fate of Atlantis, featuring oh. none other than J.R. Rawls from uh, ah. 302010 podcast on this same network. Um, he was a, a fantastic, uh, fantastic uh, interviewee uh, for, for the video, and it really brought the whole thing together. So please check that out. Um, I'm working on plenty of other cool stuff. I have just so many ideas for that channel and, uh, I can't wait to keep, you know, sharing them with folks. So please check that out. And if you want to, uh, follow me personally, could be Twitter while that's imploding, could be other places, but I'm at (laughs) chain gun Pope on all the places. So there you go. All right. With, with, with Twitter becoming, what would you call it? (laughs) Non-accessible? Uh, billionaired. 
Yeah. yeah. Billionaire. <laughs> billionaire. Billionaire is great. Uh, dig into to the spaces on the internet you like. Uh, so the Laser Time community on Facebook is great. Um, I, I, I plugged them a bunch in 302010 this week, and it was really great after the Lone Ranger just shitting all over that uh, for its why does it exist. We got to watch, uh, really discuss for a long time, the Pirates of the Caribbean movie 20 years after the fact. And, man, that, that uh, to me, that, that changed. Like I, And I was not a fan at the time. Until like the trilogy unfolded, and then I became a real big fan. Oh, so um, you had to see the third movie before you were a big fan. The second movie. Oh, all right. Well, I mean, like, I still had problems with the first movie, but it's like it's a really good story. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's it, it's a it's a great movie, and it, it changed the course of live action Disney movies. No live action Disney movie had been this successful. Period. Other than. A movie I'll reveal on thirty twenty ten, which you'll never guess, and you'll feel silly when you haven't guessed. Escape it. to Witch Mountain, <laughs> N- not the even computer close. wore tennis shoes. It's very good, Michael. I love Dexter <laughs> Riley. knobs and the Dexter Riley trilogy. Uh, yeah, n- not even close. Tron, uh, but mm-hmm. in, in, in a pre Marvel acquisition. Star Wars, uh, or even live action Disney remake, like Pirates, changed the course of that company. And, uh, yeah, it changed the course of, I think, filmmaking in general and re- resurrected a, a dead genre. It was really fun to talk about and uh, talking about it with Diane and JR on 302010. And uh, patreon.com slash laser time is how you can support us. There's a bunch of new stuff up there this week uh, talking about uh, Twilight Zone, the movie, Blues Brothers, and we are banking a Halloween weekly thing right now. So. Uh, please do enjoy. Very nice. Cool. Uh, by the way, Cutthroat Island re, uh, you know, brought back that genre. I'm just going to throw it out there. A... Did it bring it back or sink a company in a career? <laughs> like, uh, Nobody remembers Cutthroat Island. Uh, let's not forget Thunder in Paradise either. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the that, modern you... version of any of those shows. Mm-hmm. <laughs> really? The thing in the intro where someone like forcibly throws a dog in a river or like over a polite thing? Never mind. That's... <laughs> Watch the Thunder in Paradise thing. Someone throws a dog in the water. <laughs> That's the whole it looks Kogan very show, violent. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah, it's about a boat and Hulk Hogan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Pretty much. It's a stealth boat that's also like a mobile headquarters. It's like the kind of boat that you design when you're 10. Mm-hmm. It's it a notebook. great game that only Michael has played. The <laughs> phrase a boat and Hulk Hogan sounds like just the worst collection of poetry imaginable. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Like, I don't want to be homosexual anymore. I hate this. I, <laughs> I hate the scenario you've given me. All right. As always, you can find us online at VigiGameApocalypse.com, on Twitter at VGApocalypse, or follow me personally on Twitter at Wikiparas. That's W-I-K-I-P-A-R-A-Z. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next week. Sorry, audience, you don't get to hear our discussion of Big Black Cock. <laughs> and there's the sacred sound. Uh, <laughs> oh, well, that's one of the summons you fight. It's it's a cho- it's a chocobo with with uh, black feathers. All right, Big yeah. Black Cock. <laughs>